gonna have to raise my volume. Very cool. Let me get started. Let me see. Talk real quick. Yeah. Just Joe sure. Rogan podcast. <laughs> the Andy Walker podcast. Have you have you uh, have you uh, listened to that podcast, the Bad Truth podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We I think we probably every band trip we yeah. we go we it's so good at least one if not like, yeah. a couple exactly. I think it's really good insight for the music scene. Yeah, I, it's like hey guys, I don't want to tell you something, but just listen to this podcast real quick. <laughs> like subliminal, like subliminal, hey, yeah. um, there's this one about frontmen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then there's this one about uh, hygiene and taking care of yourself. Yeah, this, the good one was like songwriting. I really enjoyed the songwriting mm, podcast. Yeah. I have to say, we probably did listen to it. I don't remember it. But no, yeah, we'll catch them. And they're they're short enough, too. So even if we go to corporate, we still ca- cracking like two mm-hmm. of them. You know, we're still cracking yeah, two. Yeah, like and an we're hour like, or something. Good, yeah. That's some good guys in there. Very, very interesting. Especially, yeah, lately, I would say with uh, the guests they've been having lately, like they had, uh, oh, okay, the re- most recent one I listened to with Gonzo was, uh, it was the road manager for Kyle Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty good. Yeah, like, man, I did, you know, yeah. Steamboat. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, man, like, Overall, it's good, and it's like, it's not. Maybe we're allowed to not feel the, feel maybe guilty for thinking a certain way or thinking of certain things. Where it's like these guys are talking about it on a podcast. It's like, right. hey, there's multiple people going through this part. the same thing. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I have not listened to that one yet, but I can see how. You know, we're not the only ones. We're just at a different region, going right. through the same mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we're already we're already we're already taping here, so we're gonna we're gonna just kick it in. Cool. So we don't have to. I I, I don't mean to stay with a t- within a time constraint, but then it helps mm-hmm. me keep everything just in order. Perfect. Versus like, oh, we can just talk for three hours like Joe Rogan, and then what? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no. Almost, like, let's I'm, not do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you, man. I'm <laughs> no, we're good. Well, we have Matt Castillo from Matt and the Herdsman. Good time, buddy. Now. Uh, and I say now, I, I actually say now a lot, but I say now because it's well, when I walked in and he's uh, and Matt was like, "Man, how's how's everything going?" I'm like, well, everything's good. And then I was like, it, to me, it's just insane how fast time is going. Right, like time is just so insane at the moment. At least that's how I feel. I don't know how anybody else feels, but um, I want to jump into these. Uh, I guess into the, today's episode, um, just because this is. Uh, where it started off like a Joe Rogan influential thing, I'm starting to find my angles. And so we're going to dive into your life, Matt. Cool. A little bit. And we're going to see how you move through life. I hope you're essentially, ready. Essentially. I good. hope whoever's listening is ready because this is some pure honesty. Good, good, good. Well, I want to start at the beginning. Let's start grade school and, and maybe your earliest memories. How, how was that? Yeah. How, how was that for you? So uh, growing up in Austin... Partially. You were born and raised in Austin? Born and partially raised I mean, in Austin. Right, right. Yeah. So I was born in Austin. And, okay. Uh, we uh, used to live off of Cesar Chavez and mm, okay. uh, all right. right off of I-35. And used to live with my grandparents. They have this little corner white house that's, uh, you know, been grown there. Pecan trees, a little front porch kind of deal. And uh, so we would grow there. I, w- I went to Metz Elementary. I think it was like pre-K or so. Just a walk right down the road. And uh, my mom was working two jobs. My grandparents were taking care of me, me and my brother and my and my sister. Okay. So early early in the childhood, I had that experience with Austin, and then we moved from Central Austin to Oak Hill. I went to Boone Elementary, and it's funny now because 
when I go talk to friends or I talk to people in Austin when we go play, like, hey, what, you know, where'd you go to elementary? So I went to Boone Elementary. No way. I went there too. You know, what grade, <laughs> you know, when did you graduate or what? And it's like, wow, there's still some sort of connection with, with Austin and me. Right, right. You know, like I never really left home. So played, you know, early childhood, played baseball for Oak Hill um, for their league. And okay, on, like Little League? Little League, right. yeah. I was on a traveling team. I didn't even know nice. it was a traveling team. But right, right. Before <laughs> it became like this biggest, you know, thing that it is today. But right. I just remember on the weekends, my mom would wake up early in the morning, run to H-E-B, pack up a bunch of waters, gushers, you know, Lunchables, Quench, because we couldn't afford Gatorade. It was Quench. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just being in the hot sun playing baseball. Do you know we? I probably played against you at some point. Like we don't even know, uh, or, yeah, or like, or like maybe in the same tournament or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I know you're a little bit older than me, but I think there's a box <laughs> up there that still has my baseball stuff from Oak Hill. Wow. Like my pictures. They they made like this artsy crafty thing where they put like a little baseball and they filled it up with cotton. They put number ten and they put M Castillo over mm, top and they okay. made this big old banner. Right. Like okay. A, like a repeat. Like a what? Step and repeat. Stand yeah. And repeat. Whatever Something you call like it. Yeah. <laughs> And at the end of the season, they just cut it out and they gave me this personal thing. And I, I have it till this day. It's like my favorite thing to kind of like go back to. And I've always, and I had a buddy of mine. Um, I guess he was my best buddy because we lived in the, name, the same uh, neighborhood. His name was Steven. Mm. And I always wonder to this day what he's doing now. And I had a buddy named Steven and I had a buddy named um, Joel. And they both lived on my block. And I remember as a little kid, after we get home from practice or something, my buddy um, Joel lived like at a little corner house too. And, um, he would always say, well, we're not going to be best friends until we hang out for months and months and months. And I thought, what the hell is <laughs> That's this? That's new. <laughs> yeah, it's different. What the hell is this? <laughs> so, all right, cool. And then finally he was like, hey, dude, we're finally best friends. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> and, you know, we're playing freaking Power Rangers outside. Right. You know? Power Rangers had these, like, white and red gloves and mm -hmm. had these little buttons that make noise and I was into Power Rangers, so I'll, I'll say that was my yeah, favorite yeah. Saturday night, Saturday morning kind of deal. Ah, that's interesting. interesting. Okay, keep going. So then uh, I, I guess after that, uh, we moved from Oak Hill to, I believe, off of Westgate and William Cannon. And I went to this elementary school that I cannot remember for the life of me. But but we live right next next to Westgate Lanes and go bowling. And, mm. and I remember I used, to drive, I used to ride my bike to school. But before that, backtrack. I was walking from my house to the elementary, to Boone Elementary, every single day. Now, growing up, looking back, that was a long walk. <laughs> like, I drove from Boone Elementary all the way to where I was living. Mm -hmm, at the time. At the time. And I said, holy hell, I walked from walking here around. to there. But we knew the shortcuts to kind of, like, bypass Yeah, maybe like an alleyway or, or something. Yeah, everybody starts together like a group of kids. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they just trickle off and, like, mm. oh, Kind of like in the Sandlot. Yeah. When they, when, like, when they break off to everybody's house. Exactly. And, like, okay. and by the time you know, it's only, like, three three of us guys, you know, just walking. And then, I guess, and that so, guy's kids. I mean, you're, oh, Yeah, it's kids, you know? Like, we were like, this, how is this not, I don't know, it was weird. Illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember one time I was in uh, third grade, and I, I had these gray cowboy boots that I always liked as a little kid. And I said, hey, when I'm, I'm, I'm going to dress up. I'm dressed up today, and I wore like this kind of, I don't know, Indian-style, long-sleeve, checkered, square, triangle, whatever, shirt. And I put on my boots. I'm like, oh, they kind of fit. <laughs> my toes are a little scrunched up, but I'm, I'm going I'm to walk it. 
And I walked from my house to Bill Elementary. It was the most painful walk I've ever put myself through. And never again. I wanted to take my boots off, but I was like, no, I'm going to impress all the girls. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So moving on to, um, moving off of Westgate, my mom bought me a bike because she said, you're going to have to ride to school because yeah. it's more in it's, the city. Oh, okay. Because William Cannon runs uh, east and west. And I forgot the the other street. Westgate runs, uh, I think, uh, north and south. Okay. And I'd have to ride my bike. So one time she goes, okay, we're going to go ride your bike all the way up to the school so you know your route. I said, okay. So I rode my bike all the way every single day. Rode my bike. and had this little bike, little, looked like a horseshoe with a little lock on it on top. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're about, yeah. And uh, I think that's when I started learning responsibility because my mom couldn't take me to school. Right. So yeah, she yeah. kind of depended on me sense. to go to school. Right. And if I didn't go to school, what was I going to do? Like be bored at home yeah there's right. nobody to play with mm-hmm. i can't do Everybody anything else yeah at school <laughs> so i always went to school i'd get lucky my mom will pick me up or something she'll take me to 7-eleven get some uh, uh donut drop me off and those are kind of like my my early memories of austin and my and being around with my mom and stuff like that so uh, and then later on i just i guess that neighborhood that we were living at my brother was getting, I guess, getting into trouble. and. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to be one of my questions as far as do you know why you had to move a lot? Yeah. Because so I mean, schools was a big... I mean, I never had to, and I I, I, mean, I feel like I wouldn't have adapted well. Like, for me, it was a hard hard enough transition going from, like, middle school, like from grade school to middle school and then so on. Yeah, you know? I think the elementary part was a little easy until we got to the Westgate because my mom was dating a, a police officer. Okay. So we had something stable. Yeah. And of course, uh, them, you know, they didn't work out. So my mom packed up all our stuff like while he was working. Right. Like slowly okay. started packing out of the house. Yeah. And I didn't know. Right, right. I just, yeah, came, you're, I just well, came you're home. Really yeah, I just came home one day after school and my mom was like, all right, we're going to go. You're already enrolled in another school and you're going to start on Monday. I'm like, what the hell? Right. Well, what about how did that? How did that make you feel? Like at that? I mean, even at the, I mean, it's, uh, I mean it's, obviously this can be in retrospect. So like, as a, I mean, because from my, I'm just I mean, like they said that I'm here to learn, and it's like how did I mean? There's there's a lot of detrimental, uh, not detrimental. That's not the right word. There's a lot of a uh, big events that happen in kids' lives that affect them later on. But you know, it starts at that age. You yeah. Know, going so, through something like that. Well, you know, you build up friendships and. You hold them dearly because they're organic. They're, they're not. I guess it's it. You think differently, you know what I mean. And as a kid, you're just being playful. You're there's no girls. There's nothing of it. It's just right. like friendship. Yeah, like pure, true yeah. freaking friendship. Yeah. And so I guess I lost that when I moved to over to Westgate because I they live so far away. You know, there was no way my mom was going to drop me off every weekend at my buddy's place yeah. or you know. And uh, and not, th- not only that, but like right across the street, it was like a little roundabout or not a real roundabout. It was kind of like a little curve, you know. So our street, I'm facing my street and there's another street that enters and it kind of has this little round. OK, yeah. I want like a half, like a cul-de-sac, half yeah, a cul-de-sac. Yeah, half a cul-de-sac. Ends up in another street. Yeah, so I made a lot of friends in that area. And I, and I met this one family that lived like right next door in that and within that area. And he was a rodeo guy. Interesting. This guy was like, he must have been a badass rodeo man from what they were telling me. Yeah. And so I remember hanging out with him for a little bit. And he showed me his buckles, his trophies, his pictures that so he had. Legit, I mean, from what, he was, from what it seems like, he legit. See, that, that's a lost story that I'll never get back. Because yeah. I remember that. I was so, because I, I loved rodeos. Yeah. Growing up, my mom would always take me to the Austin Rodeo. Mm. And and I would was just 
so intrigued by it. And I that's I think I've lost a lot of that growing up. I kind of just grew up too fast. Right. Yeah. You had you had to filter that stuff so out. So that that rodeo man, you know, come to find out one week, you know, one day I'm sorry, one day I'm there hanging out with him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to we're gonna go on a rodeo deal and a tour and circuit, blah blah blah. Next thing you know, I go knock on the door because he usually comes back and his his girlfriend or his wife, I can't remember. It's like, no, he's you know he he's not here anymore. So what happened? You know, not yeah. yeah I don't know well, these things. Right, so right. He, something happened between him and the bull, and he died on you know wow. riding. And you don't remember his name. And I don't remember that, his name. That's the, that's where you're saying it's a lost story. Lost story. Yeah, and I remember that he was so so kind, so nice. And yeah. they had like this little bulldog that running around the house. And uh, I remember I went back and I was like, "Hey, do you know where?" Do you remember how, how old you were around this time? I was in uh, second second grade. So you're like seven, eight years old. Yeah, second grade, second and third. Might have been yeah. I really I had this really like hot teacher mm-hmm. second grade. Um, but that's another story. I never had that look. <laughs> she wore she was a Mexican lady, short hair. I don't know. I even know why I'm saying this because I'm a kid, right? Like, <laughs> right. That's the thing. That, that that's my whole point. Like the retrospect of like, man, yeah. she was pretty. She, she was, was, she was, she was and and she was her kids babysit in the same neighborhood, like a street down. So when I'm riding my bike, strolling through the streets, <laughs> I see her coming out of the 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 house because they were house. These were daycares and houses. They yeah. weren't like yeah. Was, she must have known somebody. But anyways, getting tangent over here. Yeah, but yeah. I just remember just strolling by, and I'm like, oh, that's the teacher great but anyways <laughs> so yeah so it, we moved around a lot because i guess relationships from my mom and okay different things and work and mm-hmm. whatnot so baseball never really stopped for me in that situation well, that's like, good so my mom ended up dating this new guy and we're fighting for attention i guess well at least I yeah am, yeah that makes you know, a lot of sense so yeah so yeah, you're act, a kid start he's act, new in the household right. so and so I guess I started acting out a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, I guess naturally I'm a selfish guy, I guess, naturally. Cause my, that's how I was kind of yeah. brought up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the baby. So when you are used to that, yeah, it just stops because some right. dude wants to come yeah. in and want to spend time with my mom. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. yeah. So so I started going to school. Then I started getting into trouble uh, with one of the teachers. Like, uh, like just talking back or like? Mm, like what? Like more? I mean, you don't have to give a like, specific example, but like more no, or less, just, like was it just uh, like I, what was your lashing out? Like what would you define that as? I just didn't wasn't paying attention. Okay. I was talking in class, talking to my classmates. My teacher would always get mad. She would hold me back from recess. Right. Okay. Go to lunch. Right after lunch, I would have to stay inside the classroom for recess. Right. And you know, notes okay. notes getting home to my mom. Blah blah blah. And I think the coolest thing was uh, I didn't want to go to school one day, mm-hmm. and it's when you uh, had take your kid to school take your kid to work day okay and uh i remember this memory so so well i had to sign a paper to my mom you know hey i want to go to work with you can you sign this so that morning i woke up and i ran out the door i was so excited like oh my mom will go work i don't know when it was going to happen yeah but i forgot the paper at home and then when i got to i was scrambling through my backpack throwing stuff out Colors, pencils, I don't know, I can't remember. And I couldn't find the paper, and I had to turn it in. And if I didn't turn it in, I wasn't going to go to work with my mom. And that was, like, the one thing I wanted to do so, so bad. So I get a knock. You hear a knock on the the portable that we were at, the classroom, and it's my sister. And my sister, she's, like, maybe 14, 15 right now, about 16. And uh, she comes, she drops off the the 
the letter she or the per- permission yeah, slip. slip. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, like, <laughs> hell that yeah. That just made your day. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she, I kind of wanted she like, was a hero. Yeah. She, she came in clutch for me and I wanted to like stick the finger at my teacher. Like, oh, <laughs> I told you I had it. <laughs> no, I just didn't, couldn't stand her. Anyway, so I think we all have one of those teachers. Yeah. In elementary. And so I ended up going to uh, work with my mom. That was the coolest thing ever. I thought that was the coolest thing. And so, um, what? Why was it the coolest thing? What? 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 What was it for you? Was it the time, the extra time you got to spend, or or was? Yeah, it, it was. It was a little bit of both. It was the time spent with my mom. I get to see what she does. I could see, you know, who her who her people, yeah, who she yeah. surrounds her life with. I know that's weird to say, but right. you kind of get like, oh, that's Miss So and So, and that's Miss. Oh yeah, she works here. Okay, yeah, these little cubicles because she worked mm-hmm. at a bank. And, okay, and uh, they would take us all the kids that had that go to school day, or whatever. They would make us file. Uh, paperwork and right. like, y'all really they, trust they, us filing all they this let, stuff. They let you, you know right. what I mean? Like <laughs> alphabetical order. We were smart enough to put an alphabetical right. order. Yeah, like, amen. And so it wasn't like one of those. They put us to work. Child labor. And, yeah, <laughs> there were no laws were back, so, in, the, back was, in the nineties. Yeah, they were so nice, you know. And I could spend the whole day with my mom from yeah. morning to the end, and I didn't care. It was like time blew by. Oh, I can imagine one of those cool things. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then all the while I'm still in baseball, mm-hmm. pitching, still at Oak Hill, still doing. Um, tournaments and stuff and then my brother started getting into more trouble and i remember one time i got home from school riding my bike threw the bike in the yard opened the door hear the phone ring i run to the the door i mean i run to the phone and thinking it's probably like a buddy wants to go play or something he's like hey is uh joey there which is my brother is saying is my sister's boyfriend there okay house his name was joey said no he's not here what's up well i'm about to get my ass whooped you better come out. You better go, like, bring a bat or something, and and because uh, because they're gonna about to jump me, and I don't know what. And I said, "What the hell? Hell no!" And so I couldn't find my sister. I couldn't find my my sister's boyfriend. Yeah. So I got my baseball bat, put it on my bike, rode wherever he was at. <laughs> I got to where he was at. It was already too late. Like they were beating they're his already, ass yeah, up like so out. so bad. And he just that was another image i'll never get out of my head mm-hmm. seeing your older sibling get his butt whooped by yeah. a bunch of like white dudes yeah. like legit white dudes like, right and these are junior high kids yeah and so then i don't know i guess i don't know how what found out i must have left a note or something like hey joseph's getting jumped in this area blah yeah. blah blah and they, they knew so my brother's all like beat up and bloody and i'm like oh shit. right like, right what kind of impact do you think that had on you seeing reality that? like no one's safe. There's evil. There's yeah, like evil exists. Like I knew there was always bad things, but but seeing your sibling see get his butt whooped, especially yeah, like, yeah, yeah it, it's different. It's always. Di- I mean, I, I I like to kind of scavenger through this because for me it's different because I'm an only child. So like I wouldn't have I would have I would never have that experience of like my older sibling or a sibling period getting beat up. Yeah, I have a weird life. I think I was born. Uh, I was raised like a only child, but I had siblings weird like you get is the it, best of both what, what's the what's the age gap like like seven years i think oh, okay i'm i'm 31 my brother mm-hmm. has to be at least 38 or and then your sister's older than that my sister may be like three years older than that okay is my sister 40 oh my god i gotta, I gotta <laughs> ask her and i'm bad at that <laughs> i'm bad at i'm yeah. bad at uh birthdays i'm bad at ages like they asked me yeah. how old and i was like i'm still living in you know, two thousand three. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's so easy. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so okay. come to find out, like three days later, you know, my brother and him are talking about how they ended up 
jumping them, the main guy, and they end up getting them back, <laughs> getting and, them back. you know, really, excuse Real my that, language, that. but fucking them up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, it's like, know, it's had like the little, outsiders like, all over again. Yeah, like, yeah, you know? <laughs> Who's Patrick Swayze? That was badass. <laughs> like, good job, brother, you know, good yeah, way yeah, to get yeah. revenge or whatever. Right, so right like, revenge, that's a big so, one. So right. that's what it came down to. So then uh, I guess my mom started noticing that, and, and all the while... Um, Did you ever find out why? Like, what was the mix-up as far as like I why don't, this altercation? I, I really don't. And all that. So that's like second grade. Mm-hmm. So dang. Okay. That's like second and third grade. Now we're gonna go back all the way down to first grade. Okay. So my pre-K and first grade, I went to Jefferson Elementary in the Valley. So you were here in Edinburgh. I was here in Edinburgh. Oh wow. So okay. I was moving before, you know. Moving and I'll live with you're my moving freaking cities. I mean, yeah. leaps and bounds. I mean, especially at that age, like, I don't, it feels forever. I still don't know why my mom uh, put me down here to go to pre K and first grade with my aunt and uncle. I'd, I'd never really asked. I just that was where they placed me, and that's where I went to, right? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I really had this wonderful, beautiful teacher named Miss Thompson. She was my first grade teacher, never forget her. She is the most coolest teacher in. Till the day I die. Yeah, you, and she named her son after me, I think. Because <laughs> his name's Matthew, too. <laughs> so so she was the coolest thing. So, yeah, go to... I'm everywhere right now. But, yeah, the Valley, go back up to Austin, go second, third. So I'm only in Austin for two years when okay. all this stuff is going down. I get fed up. I don't know why. I'm, I guess I'm just mad at my mom. Yeah. Not getting the attention that I need, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, the the it's that it's that the attention that you need. And then at that, at that age, I mean, we don't... And we don't realize this, I think, maybe to older, like now, and looking back, you know, at there, when I see a six-year-old now, because especially, like, I've done elementary, like, very, when we talk about substituting, like, mm-hmm. Matt here uh, substitutes as well, but I think you do mostly, like, high school? I do high school, just okay. high school. And see, like, I have a few people, like, especially old clients that I had when I was training at the gym, mm-hmm. that they're teachers, so, like, I've done, like, their classes or whatever, so, like, I've done as low as, like, third grade and whatever, but, but my point is, like, when I see kids that young... It's like they're kids, they're children, even third graders. Like they're like nine years old, eight right. years old. It's like they're babies. <laughs> they're babies. Anyways, like I was, yeah. you know, being a baby, but growing up really fast. Like my yeah. mom would have to work the night shift at Seven Eleven, so we had to cook our own dinner. dinner. Like I learned how to make eggs in second grade. I learned how to cook ramen r- soon after. That was lunchtime. Yeah, I burnt some eggs. <laughs> you know, I made some really good, and I, that's why I think I enjoy cooking too. It was just one of those deals where you know you get bologna, put pan fry it. You yeah. know, we only had you know just sandwich meat, cheese, bread, packs and packs of ramen. Um, and every now and then, my mom would cook when she got home. But there was times where my sister was kind of raising us too. So my sister w- was off with her boyfriend. My brother was out doing his own thing. So I, I was kind of like alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. With my aunt that was living with us too. Um. So I don't know. I one one day I, I I got on the phone and I called my aunt that lives in the valley, my aunt Sylvia. And I said, "No, I just I just want to go back down to the valley. I just want to go and I just want to be there." And because every time I came down here, I got everything that I wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got everything that I wanted. Nothing that wasn't that I don't I couldn't get. I was like, I'm I want it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then she goes, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yes. I want to go to the valley and and just take me away." So then we hang up the phone, and I totally forgot about it. Go to school, get home. My mom, my aunt, my aunt Sylvia, my aunt Janie from the valley, mm-hmm. 
two of my aunts from the valley came up. My aunts like, and my mom's like, "What's going on?" I said, "Well, Matt says he wants to move to the valley." She's like, "What? Is that true?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I want to go to the valley." Yeah. And my mom's like, "So my, I don't know. If I would have to hear the story from my mom, but I, I just felt like my mom's like, well, shit, you know, like, all right, I guess like, this is if, if this is what he wants, then yes, and it's be, probably going to be okay. better anyways." So um, that's when I realized it took a lot more out of my mom than it did me because I was just being selfish. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't, we don't realize that when you're eight. We didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that. But I, don't get me wrong, I knew right from wrong. I knew it was going to hurt my mom. And I didn't know what I was going to get myself into when I moved down to the valley. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember thinking later on in life, I was like, well, my mom had to sacrifice one kiddo because my sister didn't graduate high school. My mm-hmm. brother didn't graduate high school. My sister and my brother didn't go to college. Yeah. So I guess my mom kind of felt that this was one to save. And so, yeah, I remember packing up, getting a, a, a green, like an army green Chrysler and driving down to the valley. And the whole way down, my aunt, my two aunts are just schooling me on, like, what I need to do for school. Well, you need to go with your counselor, and you need to make sure your GPA is up. You know, just real school-driven. <laughs> like. I mean, and that's, that's in third grade? I mean, you're this is in, end, this is going third into ending, ending third, going into fourth, fourth grade. They're talking about, like, hey, you need to get your GPA yeah, up to 101. Yeah, when you get into, <laughs> yeah, when you get into junior high, yeah, you need, to st- you, know who, you need to know who your counselor is. You need to stay on top of your grades. You better be doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, what did I sign up for? Yeah. Because it's, like, night and day. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so we moved down the valley, and I went to uh, San Carlos Elementary, fourth okay. grade, and uh, that was interesting. And, and you say, like, how is it moving and, and meeting new friends? And I think I was kind of open. Like, I really didn't care if I, I had friends or if I didn't have friends, um, but I met a really good friend of mine, who we are still friends to this day. His name's nice. Ryan, Ryan Bettis, and he used to be my road manager. Um, and I remember we got introduced because I was a new kid in school, and he liked a girl and that girl ended up liking me. <laughs> yeah, and that good. girl, good. Uh, her mom was my fourth grade teacher, Ms. Cardenas. <laughs> and they, and they two, them, they were in the same classroom, but I was in another one. And so every time we went out to recess, they were like, well, who's this new guy? Yeah. Who's, this, who's this new kid, yeah, you know? Who's this kid? And who, I didn't, who's I never, a new kid in town? Right. And, I, and I don't, I always get this, where are you from? Because you don't talk like you're from here. And so I was like, I don't know, from Austin. And then I guess that kind of just blew their little brains. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, that's yep. how I met Ryan, and and so we ended up becoming <laughs> good friends. So so and the childhood was a little rough, I think, and kind of shaped uh, me, of course, and not yeah. mine. It was a little weird, but yeah, I always wanted to know, like, from my mom's side, how that goes. Hopefully, this life ain't boring, but I think it's pretty. Uh, well, it's interesting because I mean, yeah. So we can go into like some perspective as far as like, it seemed like you had your consistent stuff, but then there's just enough inconsistency to keep the chaos like balanced out with your order. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think sports, baseball really kept right. me, kept me. That's sane. what I'm saying. Like that's the one, that's the one constant you've mentioned yeah. throughout this little piece that you've been giving as far as your elementary. And, and I didn't know at the time, like I was starting pitcher and they, they asked me to go on these, join this team and join that team. And, yeah. And I yeah, didn't know that, I didn't know it was a traveling it's team. It's our politic and kids out. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, you know, I played for the, uh, Philadelphia, uh, was it Phillies? And then as I got older, um, I was with the Pirates and weird but right fun fact but anyhow um so we moved down the valley and i played baseball here for a while again yeah. joined the all-star team down yeah. here in edinburgh mm-hmm. and, and uh and then as soon so i didn't know this so 
growing up, my my grandparents lived uh, right behind Heck and Beck in Edinburgh. Okay. And uh, I didn't know that my grandpa was this like well known umpire in Edinburgh. He is known. And growing up, I just knew that he would always go to my baseball games down here, and I would always see him in the bleachers with my grandma and, and everything. And as his uh, health started going south a little bit, he couldn't make it out to the to the baseball games anymore. So digging through, as I was growing up, I was learning more about him, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that that he had a he. They named a baseball field after him, Al Doolittle Park. Okay, I think it's Doolittle, which is the one, uh, or is it? Well, it's municipal, but it's on Doolittle. Yeah, the big the were there no, like the multiple no, stadiums or what? no, no, the other one going west <clears throat> memorial. No, it's right by the elementary school next Is to Harwell. I mean, the old Barrientes. It's Barrientes, Barrientes now. now? Yeah, oh, okay, that baseball damn it. Field. Okay, I, I know what. Okay, I, I'll need to look that up and I'll, yeah, let me see. My aunt's gonna Go get mad Go ahead. on all that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I did. I didn't know my grandpa was this well-known umpire. Max Cavazos, and then my dad would always tell me, "Hey, you know, Max, yeah, Max Cavazos Field, yeah, 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 yeah." So that's yeah, yeah. So that's my grandpa's. That's on Freddie and 18th Street. Yeah, so that's my grandpa's field, and he, we have newspaper articles on him and these big old pictures of when he used to play, you know, professional baseball in Mexico or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know all that. So So you have that. So it's in your genes. I mean, the baseball, the little baseball. I guess so. Yeah, it's there. Even if it's a little bit, but it's there. Yeah, I guess it was because it all started um, anti-ball. Yeah, Mm -hmm. down here and then moved. I guess those little they planted the seed. I guess. So as soon as he passed away, I stopped playing baseball. I ended up Mm -hmm. moving to basketball and started playing basketball, and that kind of just grew and got a little bit better at that, and went from there, junior high to high school, all that. So okay, let's backtrack just a second. What's your what was your transition from fifth grade into middle school? You were here in the valley. Yeah, I was already here. Fifth grade, I had this rude teacher. But I was so happy to get out of elementary school. I remember the last day of school. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Summertime. get to go Because every summer, here's the one thing, too. Like, every summer, every holiday, I would always go to Austin, no matter what. Okay. Like, that That's was weird. my thing to do. Like, I'm going to Austin, hang out with my mom, and then I'm going to come home. So, in a sense, I was kind of living the college life as far right. as the routine. <laughs> yeah, you had a routine. I had a routine. Like, we had a Southwest tickets every ready to go. My mom would save up money. And she would fly me up every single holiday. And I remember when I was a little kid, they had the little tag that I'm a I'm by myself. Yeah, and, yeah. And, just, and a, a flight attendant would have to be with me mm-hmm. until they picked me up, or my parents, or whoever. Yeah, whoever picked you up, right? I remember that. Um, but yeah, every holiday I would go to Austin. Every single holiday, and we we created this routine. Like Christmas Eve, me and my mom would go eat Chinese food at Christmas Eve, and then we'll go. And do, we always had this routine. Same Chinese place. Every single Christmas Eve, like we had these rituals, you know. Right. I mean, the, the the Trail of Lights in Austin. Mm-hmm. My number one thing to do when I get back home, go to Trail of Lights. Even till this day, I try to make it, but you know, politics and things happen. Whatever. <laughs> but those memories are are, are branded in my brain yeah, forever. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, yeah, junior high was cool. Sixth grade, everybody was in Central Hub at Harwell. Got to meet a lot. It, that's a transition in itself. That's like freaking heavy shit right there because you're a little kid. You have emotions. You have feelings. Now there's this. Now there's that. You're growing up. You know, they're telling you, hey, when you go to gym, you're just going to have to share with everybody. And you're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, like, wait, what? Wait, what? We're gonna all going to be uh, bare naked and like in this freaking shower? Like, hell no. I'll sweat it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll just naked. change and go back to class. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So that growing up part, but uh, but yeah, I've, 
you know, believe it or not, last night I was thinking about my childhood. We didn't know we were going to talk about this, right? But I was, I was remembering my childhood yesterday. I was like, damn, why do I keep, why do I keep going back to those places? And I, I promise you, I swear to God, I, I said this. Why do I keep going back to those elementary days? Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I keep going back to Boone? Why do I keep going back to like certain parts of my childhood? Um, that I guess I was, I guess, and maybe I was most happy, I guess. But why do I keep going to that area? Like, mm-hmm. why am I gravitating to this part? That's interesting. Uh, yeah, like, that that th- those are good questions to ponder because I know I've been doing that pondering myself for the past. I don't know. We'll say we'll say I ended up there after a year mm-hmm. of really trying to dive into like, okay, why am I? Because for me, it started off. Why am I acting like this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm mad here. Why am I mad? Mm-hmm. And I and I found some answers from there. But the whole elementary thing. Um, it seems, from my perspective, and this is th- and this is just based off like what I've what I have found for myself. But like, whenever you have, you know, the movie Casper when they say unfinished business, mm-hmm. it's like and and it, and the thing is at that time because you're so you're so young you're out of, it's out of your control. There, yeah. there's a there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. Mm-hmm. So all that unfinished business it's it's down it's it's in your subconscious right where it's not there's no there's no there's no stop to it I've because always, you were here you yeah, were there you were I've here always, you were there. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to go back to that elementary school and, p- and go pick out pictures if they have any, mm-hmm. like from the school. Right. Like every year you have you take a picture with your classmates. I always wanted to yeah, just yeah. go back and just what are they doing now? Mm-hmm. Like I've always what what are they doing now? What wonder what they're th- you know. And then you go like, oh, that was me. Yeah. Then. Right. Know? And I don't know. And I remember here's another true story. I remember being in uh, third grade. I had this. Uh, African American teacher named Miss Lawton. She was a, a thick, braided hair lady. And we, every time after lunch, we had to take a carton of milk to the classroom empty so we can build our own community, mm. like our own little deal. Everybody had a, a, a part to play, and we made this big old city with mm. uh, milk curtains. Yeah, yeah. And I remember every single recess, you keep me after class. Every single recess, you kept me after class so <laughs> to do all like. The labor shit, and I and I remember because I was always acting up in class. So ah. for her punishment, she kept yeah. me in. Hey, you're staying. Yeah, yeah. And the only praise I've ever gotten from her was when she asked me to hand her the scissors, and I handed to her, you know, uh, blade, you know, scissor down. Yeah, and her, yeah. You know, the, the handle first. And she was like, "You see, guys, this is, you know." She praised me for that. And I'm like, "Hey, cool, whatever." But then, I remember one time at recess. Son of a, I really had to go to the bathroom, like really so so bad. I don't know what I ate at lunch, but it upset my stomach or something. I really really had to go. She didn't let me go. She was like, "Nope, stay out here." So, but Miss Lawton, like, like my my poop is coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You needed to go. She fucking let me out outside. I couldn't go to the bathroom, so fucking sharded on myself, I guess, and Jesus. fucking had to just wing it and go to the bathroom. And like, that's the one thing I remember. Like, also fucking lady so i go home and <laughs> i'm fucking my brother finds him he's like you're supposed to be throwing this shit in the trash you know yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i'm a little kid I don't right know what you to don't do, know yeah you know? like what you've nerd so this is one thing like it's like when you experience something for the first time it's like people other people forget like okay i've never done this before like what yeah. the fuck did you exactly you know? <laughs> like there's some points Jeez. in my life where i'm like fuck yeah that was crazy how do i remember and but i, rem- I have a really good memory right a really good memory so, do you feel like your memory? 
Do you feel like your memory affects your actions now? Um, I don't know. Or maybe, or might. And, and that might be a, a question that maybe we can ponder on. But I only bring it up because it's it's to me it's connected to why you go back to that, those elementary days where there's a lot of like. And I, I don't know if un, if unfinished business is the right word, but to me those years are so essential. It's so important. And like my friend Frankie Gomez, who I had on here a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were talking about elementary days and and how adults talk to these kids and especially now because again going to the school system and watching like teachers react and not react and then kids just kind of like sitting there not knowing what to because they're kids they don't know what to do it's our it's mm-hmm. our job as adults and I, I include ourselves as adults that when we talk to a kid it's so important you know because again now you at the age of thirty one have these little knacks you have these little clicks all mm-hmm. these little ticks in your memory of like okay this happened here this was a good thing okay this happened here this is a bad thing here this happened right. here this is a good thing this happened here this is a bad thing right and and so the so going back to like my question as far as like you know do you think your your subconscious or your memories of then affect your actions now my my immediate answer is yes i i, I do think so that's mm-hmm. my that's my answer but maybe it's something that you can think about and in, in your journey because i feel like now that you talk, you were thinking about your elementary years back in like last night, and now we're kind of talking about it out yeah. loud. It might open up some, hopefully, some doors and I some think, answers for you. I think it 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 does affect me, like as far as uh, work ethic, mm. yeah, for sure. Because I get it from my mom. Like, um, I guess the reason why I'm so so driven is because of my mom and seeing her work two jobs and like sacrifice all these things for us to keep us ahead, you know, some a roof over our head or food on the table. Right. Only seeing my mom for for maybe like an hour while she's transitioning from her bank job into mm. her seven eleven job. You know, and the days that she did have the weekends off, you know, it was it was fun. But seeing her work so hard and plan out her goals and, and I think that's where I get the drive from, like, you know, just through anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was her, I think it was her that Big gave me the drive. Well, it's definitely I mean, I, I have to I I'll always argue like your genes and your DNA is pre written, you know, it's written. And and you start at least for me, even or even for me, where you find out, okay, I'm I get this, and it's like, okay, my parents have this. And more than like more than likely or not, someone in your family's gonna have that. We're like, oh man, like you know, it's it's written. You know, you're, yeah. you're you are gonna do a lot. Not everything. I'm not arguing everything, but I'm saying a lot of things that we do is already written out for us. That's cool. To, that's cool to know. It's cool to see too, because you kind of like, well, why, why did I do that? But right. I I just remember being down here in the valley, and I would always call my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she would would talk about for a few hours, or maybe even an hour, and it come down to Matt. Where do you see yourself in six months, a year, three years, five years? When did that come up? Uh, in junior high. Okay. You know, already planning out the future for myself, and she would always tell me, "You need to, you need to start thinking about what you can do in three months, six months, or you know, what are you gonna do next year? What yeah. do you, what do you see yourself next year? What do you see yourself in three years? What do you see yourself in five years? So it kind of scares you a little bit, but at the same well, time, those I are think big I, questions for well, a twelve-year-old. Well, none of that, but I think I was kind of like already, not I guess programmed because I was already in a sense living on my own already yeah i was already kind of providing for myself as far as like felt like feeding myself Mm -hmm. and like taking care of making sure my i'm on time schedule not missing school that expectation that my mom Mm -hmm. had while being away working yeah her expectations were you better be going to school you better be doing this you better you know like i expect you to do that stay in line right 
So, you know, moving down the valley and she saw how good my grades were going, sports, and she would she would always come down to watch me play football. She never missed my birthday. She would always come for my birthday. Right. And the hardest part was she would always drop me off at school before she leave back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those are always the hardest. I remember one time in fifth grade, I pro- this clearly again going back, my mom came down for the weekend and it was Monday morning and she took me to school in San Carlos. And I just so happened to have a sub in my class that day. Yeah. And I remember I was so, so sad in my fifth grade. I got to my desk. We had this vanilla folder and I put it up so nobody could see me. And I cried and I kept my head down the whole yeah. entire class. Mm-hmm. Like the whole day. Yeah, yeah, nobody messed with me. Like everybody going, what's wrong? I didn't say anything. I was just so sad. I don't mm-hmm. know. For some reason, I was just so sad yeah. at that, that point in time. And I remember that. And they didn't bother me. The, the substitute teacher didn't didn't bother me. I just stayed quiet, didn't do my work, yeah. just kept my head down until the day was over. And then I went home and I forgot about it. Yeah. Woke up the next day and... Yeah, you were better. Good. Yeah. And so there was kind of like that growing up, you know, even in the junior high, just kind of missing those parts, missing those mom moments and, uh, you know, all those things. So oh, yeah, because she's still your parent. It's one thing that I've come to a conclusion with other young youngsters that I've talked to. It's like... And I and I and I now approach kids, especially like my quote unquote troubled kids that you get in school. Oh yeah. And it's like I'm like, and I'll bring up questions about their parents, and that that's usually the answer. And that that's why, like, at least for me, that it's, it's completely, it's very understanding. Even at that age, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, like those are for one already very important age times for a develop developing kid, whether male or female. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, okay, your mom lives in Austin, and yeah, nobody, you know, yeah. you don't have that. People don't understand. People who haven't gone through it, myself included, don't under- don't actually understand. It. Yeah, we hear it, we we see it in theory, mm-hmm. but to actually experience, like, oh, hey, my mom's working two yeah. jobs, and I'm living with my aunts, and I'm basically I take care of myself. Right, right. And so that so living with my aunt and uncle, who you know raised me for thirteen years, yeah, even more sometimes. You know, those were really good memories too. Like, they they were great. You know, I love them. Well, come in. They 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 took care of. I mean, they took care of you essentially. I mean, yeah, your mom is your mom. No one can ever change that. But you had those parent figures, the parenting. Because there's there's one thing that I'm learning is like, okay, you have your mom and your dad, and then you have your there's your parental figures that include your mom and your dad. Right. But they're not your only parents. Yeah. And that's the big. That's a big thing. I remember my my dad's side of the family would would pick up the slack. Like my mom was you know short on cash. I remember every before the school year would start, one of my aunts would take me to go shoe shopping, mm. and then one of my aunt, and then my other aunt would go take me um, clothes shopping. And that was a routine from middle school. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, elementary school when I got in. You know, when I got in all the way to like maybe whatever sports, my aunt Janie would would take me to McAllen where the Tony Romas is now and the big old shoe store. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in the day, and where the mall is. Yeah, and we'd pick out two pairs of shoes. And those are they were supposed to last me. And she would always say, "You better, they better last you all school year. You better not get them dirty. You better take care of them." I'm, you know, and they were just drilling in me. I was like, "Yes, yes, okay, yes, I'll take care of it." You know, and my aunt would would uh, buy me clothes, and my mom would send money, of course, but they mm-hmm. they would always have to go. I already knew who I was going to go with, what day to go buy shoes, clothes, mm-hmm. school supplies. They all pitched in to help. I mean, Definitely, essentially, they all yeah. pitched in to help out to get you. And it's interesting because we can tie this back even to what you said earlier where your mom had to, had, she quote unquote had to let you go 
so that you could be saved. Mm-hmm. And like everybody else, you know, in her family and your family, they helped out pick up that. Not, and I don't even call it slack. I think they just helped fill those spaces that, that needed to be filled. Definitely, yeah. And I remember that clearly. That was cool times. Those were good times. Mm-hmm. Then junior high was really cool too. And I think that was a little. Where'd you go? I went to Harwell. Okay. Yeah. Went to sixth grade campus, then Harwell. Stayed there for, I guess it was like three years because yeah. it was sixth grade campus and then turned into Harwell, seventh and eighth. Those are cool times. And high school was pretty cool too. Where'd you go to high school? Edinburgh? Economides High School. Oh, Economides? Before it became a prison now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like seeing it now to when it was, I'm like, damn, what'd y'all do? What'd y'all do to this place? You Dude. Know? It, and what I will say, because I, I, I work a lot on that side of town, just not at, not at the high school, but uh, even Harwell, which Harwell gets a lot of people, kids going over there too. And then I have a lot of students now. I, I, I call them I have, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Students that I've worked with, they have a lot of older siblings that are, oh, where do you go in economies? Okay. Right. But I, just seeing them, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of work oh, yeah. over there. You know, there's the, and the work, not, I'm not talking about people getting paid hourly wages, you know, for all you listeners. Like, no, we're talking like work, like psychological work and oh, listening yeah. and, and actually figuring out, okay, why does economies look like a prison? There's a fucking reason that why it's like that. You know, it's not it's not an accident. It's not an accident. <laughs> oh, man. It's I like, felt like, if, I just feel like life was. <laughs> Much simpler back then, like, and I mean this like two thousand one to two thousand eight, maybe before yeah. economies really turned into this really prison lockdown. And honestly, yeah. I, I haven't been there because I when uh, well, I had a coach in uh, when I was travel on a traveling team, and I, I guess I never understood exactly what is what he did, but he I know he helped economies with uh, Rios, which one uh, Hector. That a, what was he a baseball coach? That's what, that's why I don't remember. I don't know if yeah, it was know. baseball. Either way, yeah. Either way, um, but that that's that that was back in two thousand four, uh huh, two thousand three, and because because I, I I got into high school in two thousand six. So before then, because I obviously high school baseball, I went to Edinburgh High School, so I played mm-hmm. Edinburgh High School. But um, but that's the last time I ever stepped foot in Economides. I haven't I haven't been there since. So imagine yeah. I haven't been there in fourteen years. So like I believe I'll believe you when you say like it's yeah. it's changed even since two thousand eight. It's like after we left, they got all these cool things, this freaking theaters. I don't know. I was like, where was that when we were here? You know, did like, they get a pack the, the the performing arts center too? Performing arts. Yeah, center. All like, the high schools all got the one. Freaking high schools. All the high schools got one. After I can only imagine lights out when we were in the drum line. You know, when we were in the drum line during the summertime. We would play lights out. Turn mm-hmm. off the lights. Everybody just throw their. Sticks. You were in band. Uh huh. Yeah. You were in band. Okay. So let's okay. So let's backtrack yeah. to sixth grade then. So mm-hmm. talk me through your band experience then, because you got to start in sixth grade. Usually. Yeah. So <laughs> believe it or not, um, they didn't have percussion. All the percussion spots were filled. Okay. For okay. sixth grade. Okay. Was it sixth grade? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. Eighth so grade started football, so yeah. I would have to say you have to have at least a year of like learning. I don't know. I have our. I have my yearbook up there. I don't know. I just remember s- might have been sixth grade. Yeah, let's let's assume it's sixth grade. Yeah, because I know I started in sixth and grade. I remember you said there's no percussion. Yeah, I, I started choir. I thought it was for the girls, yeah. so I quit because I don't want to be affiliated with the girls. I want to be with the dudes, you know. But so weird. Anyways, get to the band hall and I'm like, I want to play percussion. And they had those little percussion packs with the xylophone, yeah, and yeah, drum, either drum pad and your drum so, well, all the spots are filled, so you got to pick something else if you want to be in band. So I looked around and saw these chicks. And I go, oh, I'll play clarinet. Yeah, so, I yeah, playing, yeah. so I started playing clarinet. And I was like, I learned that sucker pretty good. 
And then the moment that a spot opened up, I quit the clarinet and I moved straight over to the percussion. And they let you just move. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to percussion. Yeah. <laughs> so I made my I made my aunt buy me the kit. Yeah. Um, it was like a hundred bucks. I think. Yeah, it was like 120 bucks. Yeah. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Yes. Because I just spent all this money on a. Cl- yeah. Yes. This is what I really want to do. So I'm freaking my room clarinet yeah. jamming. <laughs> so anyways, I uh, got moved in seventh grade. Get trying out for drumline and. Mm-hmm. I made it, and I played uh, the tripod, or what is it called? Yeah, the tri- or tritoms. Tritoms, that, yeah. That's, yeah. I, remember, I, was, I think they still run tritoms yeah, now, even so to this day. I'm going to go to football games and all that stuff, and that was a good experience. And then did you play football, too? I did, yes. I played. I was on the. I was always on the B team. Mm. Like scrawny little skeleton kid, you know, put me as quarterback. Matt, get behind this big dude and hike the ball. <laughs> Let him hike it to you, and, you know. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, now you're quarterback. What? Okay. Yes. <laughs> sure. Were you into the NFL at all? Like, no. like watching watching TV or you know, until this day I still don't uh, I don't have a team. I yeah, not just football just it, it it I like it. It just I don't I've never was gravitated towards it. Fair Everybody enough. else would, you know. I like all the wings and beers you can drink and yeah, yeah, the atmosphere, on Sundays. The energy, but <laughs> yeah. you know, right. I'm not going to go f- get in a fight for damn football Yeah, no, team, no, 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 right, right, right. You know. Right. But uh, okay, but yeah. my family was yeah they were they were all okay. cowboy fans so I grew up you know I guess you can say a cowboy fan yeah you were grandfathered in yeah so but then after um, then after an accident that I had um, at Sal Padre I kind of ran over my ankle in a four wheeler accident <sighs> Shit, yeah. so I couldn't play football for a while and so I was kind of out for a little bit and then played basketball and and that kind of just started taking over. Mm. Um, Hey, remember when they came out with that lightning gel? Lightning gel. You remember that? I know. Is that honestly, I too old? I they, they call it lightning gel. It's like this, like a L.A. kind of deal gel, but it's yellow and it turns your hair light brown. Like a light. Okay, I do know. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yes, yes. That I do. was junior high styling and profiling <laughs> deal right there. Oh, man. Dude, it was legit. And I thought it was going to be like streaks and stuff. Yeah. So I started putting it in my hair slowly. And by the time you know it, I have this light brown hair walking around. <laughs> Full on light yeah, brown light hair. Yeah, light brown hair. Like, who the hell am I? I have naturally <laughs> light brown hair in my hair. What the hell am I putting more shit in my hair? Oh, geez. And again, it was a phase that my aunt, they let me go through they that phase. Like, it. they literally let me go through that. Like, why did you let me do this? <laughs> Like, where were you to stop me from rubbing my hands with this gel into my hair? Stop. Like, you know, but they let me be me. They literally let me. They're just so, there's just so many experiences, you know, living out in in the country where it used to be the country, I guess. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, moving in. But yeah, so did the band thing, went into high school, tried out, and I was in the pit. Okay. um, Because I wasn't good enough to play snare or uh, tenors. Quince, yeah, whatever. And so I remember in the summertime, um, we would have these sectionals and we would all go in together and we all practice, mm-hmm. you know. So I remember they were like, lights out. And I was a freshman and you just hear boom, 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 just sticks flying everywhere. People laughing. It was a great time. It was like <laughs> fun, fun. If you got hit, you heard it because you just hear somebody yell out. Ow! Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, that's, and that shit hurts too. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those <laughs> bass drum sticks, man. Fucking <laughs> mallets. Or even man. like, you know, Cause I know one year, cause I, I marched, I marched tenors when I was in high school, and uh, so one of the years we had the the actual aluminum mallets for Ooh, for the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. So we had them accessible to our. Uh, for uh. our <laughs> no, no, and then uh, 
then after that, I, I practiced a lot with the new drum. They come, he was His name was Mr. T. Okay. And he practiced with me a lot so I can get on the drum line to be nice. a snare. So That's awesome. I how up. was that? How was the, uh, I mean, he helped you. So how, how was that experience for you? It was good. We had this weird relationship. Like, I guess it was a uh, weird one because, like, he took me under his wing but always kind of, like, fought it a little bit. Like, hmm. it's weird. That is weird. That's a weird push and pull type deal. Yeah, like, like a, like. It ain't like he was trying to be a father and he's no way shape or form but he wanted me to be the best and like i'd yeah. always kind of just like oh yeah i'm practicing right you know uh, yeah but i'm practicing so, yeah so i'm practicing with him and whatever and so i got on the drum line and, and but i remember when i was in pit did we made the transition mm -hmm. he came in and again kind of fought it because i didn't like the change yeah and i'd always kind of give him a hard time and i remember one time where like rice stadium playing for uh bands of america mm -hmm. and i said something and it had affiliated with his mom or something. <laughs> That's pissed. quite a relationship, then. Yeah, he got pissed off at me. And if like, you feel comfortable saying something like that. <laughs> no, I think it was like, he said something about Mexicans or something. Oh, I said something back. He's like, well, my mom is whatever. And I was like, oh, sorry. I just think crap. Like, why are you going to kick me out? Or, yeah, yeah. I don't right. know. What are you going to do? Again, like, I think it's so. Honestly, that's interesting because I feel like I was kind of the same way. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago where. Um, I was very hard to adapt to change in high school. Same here. Like I feel like, oh no, you're just out. To, you're just out to get me. You don't want me to actually be better or change. It, it's it's more of like rules. Okay. Everybody has different rules. Yeah. And sometimes you get used to it, but then sometimes somebody else just has a different process. Right. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I, I learned to agree. trust a process, and so. But it ended up being good. Like we we did really well. You know, joined the drum line. I was part of the crew. Yeah. You know, part of a well, yeah, you have your own well, little tribe, yeah, well-renowned team behind us. You know, and we experienced so so much. It mm -hmm. was so cool. Um, did you did you play like all of high school? Or were you in band all of high school? Yeah, except for my senior year. Okay, uh, freshman through my junior year and senior year, I didn't I didn't want to take on the role. I wanted I really wanted to enjoy my senior year. I didn't want to be tied down. Fair enough. With, yeah, with I know band, a lot of people do that band mm -hmm. shit. Like, hey, Matt, you're okay. You're gonna be. Uh, uh, what do they call it? The band leader? Yeah, section leaders. Section leader. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. Like, especially as, as, as a senior, you start falling into leadership roles. Yeah, I was like, hell no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just quit. I freaking quit band. I was like, fuck this. You know, I'm not going to yeah. do that. I'm concentrated on basketball. And I concentrated on basketball. Right. Basketball and chicks, you know. Joined Friday night. And it it, it kind of sucked not being there on Friday nights, like with the drum line. But then again, I was like. Oh, I'm not tied down to everything. Like yeah. Nothing can tie me down now. I can just focus on yeah. basketball. And mm -hmm. So um, we did all that, and that was cool. And then, um, yeah, that, 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 was a good, that was a good experience. I really enjoyed high school. Learned a lot. So now transitioning out of high school. College. Talk us, talk us through that. Was not ready for college. In like, like, I did really good in school as far as tests and as responsibilities and time management, I I that's wasn't I wasn't ready for college. I'd be I'd be the first to admit that's I'm interesting. not ready. Especially because you you had to have your schedule on like for yourself for so many years. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it'd be cool to wake up at seven forty five. I mean, I thought it'd be cool to go to class at seven forty five, get done by nine. Yeah, and be done with my day. Yeah. No, it's easy for like the first week. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but then I joined a fraternity, and uh, that went all out the window. Uh, where'd you go to school? Did you go here, here at UTRGV? At, yeah, UTRGV. Okay. Well, 
University UTPA. of Texas Pan American. Yeah. yeah, I know. I still fight for UTPA too. I I, I didn't go there, but <laughs> but I still say UTPA. When I talk to people right now, I say, "Oh, UTPA, they already know." They, exactly. They, just, they don't. Exactly. Most of the kids, even the, in there right now, like they, they, you guys know UTPA. Some people still argue with them. Like, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. I didn't go there. I'm not demeaning them. It's just it used to be UTPA. I got my degree from UTPA. <laughs> That's all I care about. So it took me nine nine years to graduate okay. college. So yeah, joined a fraternity right at a right at a high school, and by the end of my fall semester, I had a 1.0 GPA, and I was like out partying, drinking, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's really to fall into that. Yeah, and and so that was kind of like my life. My life was like uh, academic probation, get out of probation, be really good, and then fall back into academic probation, and then. And then one day I got the letter that said I'm kicked out of Pan Am. And so I couldn't face my aunt and uncle, especially not my uncle, you know. I had financial aid and all these things. And and I got the letter like, hey, man, yeah, you can't return for the fall semester. You're yeah. done. Like, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And it was full like expulsion or, yeah, or, ju- or I, just suspension? It was. I couldn't go to yeah, school you, anymore. You couldn't reconsider. I, I did everything. I, they gave me so many chances. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had already gone out of your chances. Or yeah. Okay, okay. There was nothing I could do. Okay. They they kicked me out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, shit. What am I gonna do now? Like, I can't stay here. Right. So I made up an excuse that I want to move back up to Austin, and that I want I want to try something different. So I called my mom. I said, Mom, I want to go back up to Austin, and I want to go to school up there, and I want to go live up there. And so, uh, yeah, my mom came down with my my sister. Yeah, she came down with my sister, and we packed up all my stuff and woke up the next day and drove to drove to Austin and started my two years up there again mm-hmm. with school and got into ACC Yeah, and was working at the mall. I was okay, yeah, that was going to be one of the questions if you were working during this time. Yeah, I was. I was working at a place called Team Spirit at Barton Creek Mall, and there I ran in. That I kind of I think that there changed a lot of what I'm doing today, right now. How? Well, when I started working at Team Spirit, there was a girl. What is te- okay? What is Team, Team Spirit? Spirit? Is a, a UT affiliated clothing store. Okay. Okay. Buy one. Makes sense. Buy Duh. two, get one free. Right. Buy two, get fifty percent off. Blah blah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So when you walk in the store. You close your eyes, you walk in the store, you hear Coke FM, country station playing. And it's all Texas yeah. country and, you know, uh, UT games on Saturdays, they, they play it. And then uh, I met this girl. Her name is her name was uh, Ruthie. And she used to play basketball for this uh, traveling team called Austin Wildcats. Okay. And I used to be coaching down down here at Parks and Rec. I used to coach and, you know, and I said, you know what, hey, I can coach too. So well, you need to come and try out and blah blah blah. So I met this gentleman, uh, Mr. Smith, Daryl Smith, and uh, he gave me a job to work with um, up and coming kids. Now was part of a traveling team, and I had all the shitty kids, of course, like give me the shitty kids. <laughs> but hey, man, you know the cool thing about that we we were really great. Like we worked hard from a coaching standpoint to this to to the kiddos, and we went everywhere traveling all over Austin. Yeah, like. Leander, Liberty Hill, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if er, I don't know if everybody realizes like the suburbs amongst San Antonio and Austin. Like, there's yeah. like so much stuff, Seguin, so many places. Yeah, yeah, San Marcos. Every weekend, within uh, 30, 40 minutes, forty five minutes, exactly. Uh, you know, Buda, Kyle. You know, you know all these things. Mm-hmm. 
All the while, I'm working at Team Spirit too. And so finally, I just I think I just ended up quitting Team Spirit. I didn't like the whole mall job. But right before I quit, I ran into this buddy of mine across the street, I mean, across the hall, across the whatever mall, mall that was yeah. a footlocker. Okay. And it was a white, pale, tall guy named Jordan Daughtry. He played basketball. So every Thursday, we played at this church basketball, and we built this badass relationship. Yeah. And so one time, one day, I come home to visit the Valley, and I see this video of my buddy Jordan singing a song. And the guy can fucking sing, yeah, and play guitar. I'm like, what the hell? Where did this come from? I'm like, dude, <laughs> right, dude, I play right. guitar too. Let's jam. So I go up to Austin and we start jamming out, and hanging out more, playing basketball, jamming out, going to concerts, basketball, jamming concerts. And he asked me one day, he's like, hey, dude, do you want to do an open mic on a Wednesday at uh, Hills Cafe? No, no, uh, Nutty Brown Cafe, okay. Nutty Brown Cafe. Wednesdays, I was like, yeah, but I don't know any songs. Like, I don't know any original songs. Yeah, no, no, yeah, just yeah. play covers. So we, we did that for a good while. Got our feet wet, and then um, and then we opened up for this band one time, and that was the start of my musical journey as far as being a singer, I guess. Yeah, that, that I was definitely going to transition to that at some point. Like, where did you fall? Where did you find yourself? Or how did you, or not how, why did you find yourself? What, what influence did you... What influenced you to then pursue the music thing? I mean, th- that's obviously an open. That, that was a door that opened that maybe right. you, know, you didn't even know existed until like, hey, I think I like this a little more than I yeah thought I would. My going back to high school, my sophomore year when I when I went up to Austin, I asked my mom for a guitar, and she, she they got me a guitar. Her and her boyfriend mm-hmm. um, they bought me a guitar, and I sat in my room and tried to play. Was terrible at it. <laughs> yeah. Moved back down to the valley and and went to Central Mall to have some uh, guitar lessons. I remember, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, nope, didn't happen. The guy that was doing guitar lessons got picked up by this Mexican chick, touring. Oh, okay, okay. And I just ended up learning all myself. That got this guitar, that. and he got this chord book. Learn, you know, G A minor, C D or <laughs> yeah. D C, and it was uh, much too young to feel this damn old. Mm, yes, that was the first song I ever learned on my my guitar, and I, and I called my couple of my cousins up and put them by the phone and I started playing the song on the CD along with the guitar and then I called my mom and you know learning and learning and my cousin really had a big influence uh, my cousin Jaime that lives up in Buda right now mm-hmm. he was playing original music and I played these chords that he told me to play it was an E A no no E G D A and that progression okay and then he just started kind of laying down some licks. I'm like, man, this is badass. You know, it's <laughs> great. This is what it, you know. And to this day, I, I think I still know the song. Sometimes when I go to his house, I'll play it just to freak him out. <laughs> right. And he had the CD, and I'd always listen to the CD. He had like four songs or three songs, yeah. along with all these other ones. And I would always listen to the songs. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So along the way, he there's always been different people that influenced. And then when yeah. I got into high school, while I'm in high school, my buddy my buddy Andrew would come over and we'll play like Tracy Lawrence songs, mm-hmm. George Strait, Garth Brooks songs. Okay, so you started playing in high school. Like, so you, at least you started learning and playing guitar in high school. Yeah, I was playing like okay. 90s country music. Right, yeah, that, that, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. 90s country music, a little bit of uh, Alice in Change, a little Days of the New. <laughs> a lot of the grunge stuff. Right. Um, so that kind of had built up my chops, I guess, with chords. I wasn't really, still not really good at, you know, playing licks, you know. Um, so that's one thing I 
trying to conquer. Right. But anyhow, yeah. So going back up to Austin, that came. That's where everything just started coming into place. And then when I moved back down, I just started doing the same thing, just open mics. But see, the scene down here in the valley is very. There's nothing. There's no scene as far as like open mics. Right. On a, consistent, on consistent, consistent open mics. Yeah. And, and more because it's not. Cause I, I think it's not because people haven't tried it. it just doesn't. No. Work. No. Yeah. It's just like it, it goes and then it filters out. People are like, oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. And then they go and then. Pff, they fall out. Yeah, no, no. That's true. People do give it a shot. And I was really excited when, when you would hear about open mind. Mm-hmm. Come and play open mind. Yeah. Um, and that's how I got started. And and that's how everything kind of fell into place. Um when did you decide that okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna con- maybe can maybe try to not to the level you're at today, but mm-hmm. to the ne- maybe a next level, like okay, m- you know, n- turning it into a career. Maybe, I remember yeah, I remember this day clearly too. Um, I was playing nothing but covers, nothing original, and uh, one of my fraternity brothers was doing a DJ somewhere, and he's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to song swap with this guy from Nashville? He's gonna be coming down, and he's gonna you can song swap with him, and and uh, maybe even just play a few songs, and he can play the rest." And I said, "Yeah, sure, man, I'll I'll be down." Get there, I think it was Smoking Aces, and uh, I get there, and Mexican dude. Whips out his guitar. Hey, what's up, man? My name's Matt. Hey, man. My name's Eddie. <laughs> what's up, man? You know, oh, good man. To, thanks for you know letting me join you. Goes, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Come on. That's, so I'm hearing his songs. I'm like, oh shit, it's good. How am I going to compete with this? You know. And so I guess my confidence level wasn't where his was. Well, maybe you realize where you were at. It yeah. gave you gave you something to maybe compare. Oh yeah. Like, oh, oh geez. No, no, <laughs> definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, Here. so a friend, uh, one of my trainers my boss i guess was there and she knew my drummer and my drummer knew you know guitar player and kind of just started from there but all the while um so going back go back to that 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 smoking aces that that yeah that that was that was a that was a day where friends had seen me play and they seen eddie play it was Mm -hmm. it was good you know it it was a good time um eddie got to sell his cds and that was great yeah pushing it and then um and just for reference, uh, listeners, it's Eddie Signs, the guy, the, yes. the guy, the guy who's been on this podcast and good friend, my my boss at the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but just just for clarification, right? And so, uh, my boss was like, "Hey, yeah, this is really good country. You know, this is really you guys do really good, or you do really good covers. I think you should probably start a band and and see what we can do." So I went, "No, no, no. I've been trying to start a band. I've been on social media wanting to start a band." And yeah. Some guy, some other band had called me to audition, but I didn't know enough, you know, covers or golden oldies that the most of the Valley bands are playing. Right. And so that was my first, like, fail. Like, nope, nope, you're not going to fit. And and so I said, okay. And I just kept trucking, kept going along. And how, how did you, um, how, not how did you deal with that? I feel like how did you deal is a bad way to say it. But um, going through that adversity, like, what, what, uh, well, it definitely taught me uh, where I stood, you okay. know, when, wh- how can I, c- I can grow. Um, I didn't see it as a setback. I just saw it as a missed opportunity that mm-hmm. I, maybe I could have prepared better for. Right. And that kind of taught me about more preparation and practice and vocally practice. And so that kind of drove me to go find uh, a vocal coach mm-hmm. and okay. get better. Right. You know, always okay. get better, always get better. So, you know, send out an email to Pan Am. Uh, Massive email, you know, so-and-so, I'm a student, I want to get better at singing, anybody has time outside of their schedule, right? 
And the only person who responded was the director at Pan Am, uh, Dr. Means. And he said, yeah. He went to his office, did some vocal warm-ups, and said, yeah, I see some potential. Let's work it out. Yeah, let's see and what so we can he's do. been... He's been my vocal coach since. So he's still your vocal coach. He's still today. my vocal coach. Yeah, that's till, awesome. Till today, yeah. So every now and then we'll regroup, we'll touch base again, and we'll go do vocal lessons, and then I'll record it. So when I'm on the road mm-hmm. before the show, just do a vocal warm up, or even if I'm feeling a little weird or not as confident, I'll do a vocal warm up, and he'll he's coaching me. He's like coaching me all, along the way. You know, right, he's right. seen me grow so much, and everybody awesome. else has. But that's good. So how how long ago was that? So when that whole little open mic with Eddie? That was four years ago. Okay, so that was four years ago, and then mm-hmm. that that propelled you to. Uh, we're talking about vocal coaching, but songwriting. I what 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 do you do? You remember your first influence as far as like your maybe your first couple of songs or first song like. Wh- I mean, regardless of where where they ended up, but like just starting, what got you to just start? Start songwriting. Writing? Yeah, like where you said, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna today, I'm gonna write, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this song today. Yeah, today I'm just gonna mess around. I'm just gonna play these chords, see what comes out, and if it's dumb, it's dumb. It's gonna be for me. It's not gonna be for out there. And so started strumming an E chord, and she was through with my leaving. She had it with my drinking. She ain't coming back home, whatever, right? And then, so uh, ended up being too drunk anyway. So, <laughs> That's okay. so uh, got that all worked out and uh, showed it to Bethel. And we had this acoustic show up in Austin at Nutty Brown Cafe okay. that we got because I was playing up there so much. And that was the first song. It's still somewhere in our Instagram, like go way, way back. Yeah, I go, like go back to that was too what, drunk anyway. You're saying four years ago. Yeah. Or 2018, so 2014, roughly, sometime around 2014, yeah. 20, maybe 2015. Around there, yeah. That's when I wrote my first song, Too Drunk Anyway, and then next was uh, Dance All Night. And when did you decide to make a record? When, or when or did you when did you foresee, like, okay, maybe this can turn into a record? Uh, was it, okay, was it, did you think about that initially, or was it just, oh, let me just write this song and see how it comes out. Let me write this song and see how it comes out. And then I'm like, oh, can I make a record out of this? Yeah, you just start stackpiling on songs and... Uh, I think I, I I was more driven to make a record once I found some solid dudes. Yeah, you know that's very yeah yeah. yeah know, when sense. I found some really solid dudes, and I started looking around or whatever what other people were doing, mm-hmm. where they're going, and and stuff of that nature, and, right. and just did a barbecue sale to try to save up some money. Mm-hmm. We all kind of just saved up and um, made a record and put it out, and it did good. And, I don't know. I was like, was it, is this too good to be true? Is this, you know, but I think it was a lot harder on myself on the second album than I was the first album. Well, I think that's, I think that's, that's all in due time. I think that's fair. I think that maybe, okay, in my opinion, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the way it should be. You know, like you, yeah. you now have your basis. Okay. Do, do I want to beat this? Hopefully the answer is yes. Right. And then you either beat it and then, you know, you go by. Either you beat it or you fall short. Or right. it just wasn't, and maybe you thought you beat it and it falls short. Well, then you just, but you keep moving, and you, right. have to, you, have, you have you have you have to make that decision. You know, like you were talking about, we were talking about before we started recording. As far as like, you had this night where you were here with your cousin, I guess, and and you were like, you know, if I wake up tomorrow and I still feel the same, then I'll continue. If I don't feel the same, then I'm gonna not continue. You know, one of those things. Yeah, that's similar. And I never had that way of thinking in the beginning. I think it was just more exciting, like getting things done, but. But when you get so far and so deep into what you're doing mm-hmm. from um, how can, when you get deep into the more business aspect, yep. when yep. you when when you're a band and then you have to become 
a business and you start running it like one and, and you invest, people are investing into you, their time, their, their hard work, their hours, man, hours <laughs> that they're never going to get back yeah. ever mm-hmm. in their entire, just as much as I'm never going to get back anything. Right. You know, it doesn't help being high in the, in the living room, you yeah. know, being stoned out of your mind and be like, holy shit, this is not, what if this doesn't work out? What if, you know? Yeah. And I scare myself. How 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 often? Have, okay, aside from the being high part, but have you felt yourself go back to that moment often, or or when it happens, like how how do you how does it come about that you're like, oh man, like you, you fall into that self doubt? Uh, Only when I'm high. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Oh, fair enough. I'm that's, just curious. I'm just curious because I mean, it's a very real thing, rare. right? Like, right. It, that's right. socially high, like because you know it before it was. In general life, like, I go up to Austin, you know, hang out with my cousin, you know, smoke a bowl or two, and then and then all of a sudden reality just takes, grabs me. Yeah. And I start thinking about this, this different, I start, different way of thinking. Yeah, you start maybe seeing a bigger, like you start seeing a yeah. detached p- part. Yeah. Where like, you're detached from like, okay, this is what's going on in my life. <laughs> right, and you this know? is how you kind of observe something, and it just seems more fake, like, Surreal? No, well, no, no, no. Like when I'm fake, watching TV, fake, okay. when I'm watching TV, when I'm not under the influence, influence seems flowy, seems real. Okay. The moment I'm under the influence, I'm like, that's fake. That's that doesn't seem. That's it, all. It almost doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, well, and then you start asking questions. Like, well, is this fake? Is this is this not real? Am I fake? Right. Am I like what? What the hell's going on? You know, and then you wake up the next morning, well rested, yeah, and you go on with your day. So I I don't know. It was just one of those deals. You you look back and how much, you know, maybe you invested financially mm-hmm. and and time. Then you think about other people that have done the same thing, and you kind of wonder, well, if it's not going to work, what what was all this for? Yeah. Have you ever uh, come so close? Where you're like you were you were beyond the brink of like okay I'll decide tomorrow. Nah, no, I'm n- I haven't reached that point where I'm like I'm quitting tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, where no. you're that's what I'm saying. Like maybe mm. and maybe to do some thought and and uh and question asking because I feel like question asking is the best approach to like figure stuff out. Like at least to find out the the real answer because yeah, I know when I've dealt with certain things, I have to ask so many questions. Like there was something recently. I literally wrote like fifty questions in a journal. Really, and it was just it was just questions. It was like, okay, what does this mean? Am I trying uh-huh. to be relevant? Am I not relevant? Right. You know why? Okay, why am I thinking about relevancy? What does that have to do with what the fuck I'm doing? You know, right. whether it's music, whether it's a podcast, whether it's helping people at home or mm-hmm. helping students at school. You know, right. with substituting anything. But uh, I do feel like question asking is like because it, it, you then fall into that that little deep zone where like, wait. Is this like what, what? What is my what is my reality? What is my life? What am I walking through? What am I doing? Right, you know, and that's yeah, that's hit me a few times. Uh, a lot of it is like I gave myself four years, and I told my guys one time we were playing at Monster Car Wash outside. I'm like, Look, guys, I'm gonna give you four years. If we're not doing anything in four years, we can hang it up. Yeah, give me four years, and if we're not seeing any growth. We're still in the same place, same rut, same nothing new. Yeah, yeah. No, let's just, yeah. let's hang it up. And I gave it that. But coming down to year four, I'm like, whoa, man, we're barely rolling. Like we're now yeah. we're rolling. Now you're so yeah. let's keep it going. 
you know, we've we've added on to the value of the band. We've mm-hmm. added on to things that we never had before, uh, opportunities we've never seen before. So it's like like uh, like opportunities like what kind of opportunity? Well, like you know, things that we have added on to the band. You know, um, having a van, having transportation, having a trailer, having you know. Um, having the funds to do more things uh, than opportunities, you know, sending out emails, getting rodeo shows, getting gig opportunities, getting opening slot opportunities. Yeah. It's just, it's a combination of You still of working things. with booking? You, have, you still have booking? I still, I still book um, majority. You still book the majority? Yeah. Like, we've, well, me and you haven't talked in a while, so like I, I wanted to get through the beginning so we can get to where we're at now. Um, because I know you were, you had book, do you have radio? I do have radio promotion. I haven't done anything yet because... I've always done everything backwards. Okay. So I've always put the single out, don't have music video. Right. I don't have a plan of action. I've always kind of just, wherever and it goes. And it goes. this is more of just, it's, it's, it's not even, I'm just, I'm literally asking questions for like, this the is gen- walking through answer. life. This right, is right. learning what yeah, moving, year one yeah, to year four is differently. Different, stru- you know, a different opportunities like opening slots, uh, a consistency of building those relationships, building relationships, keeping them growing, mm. keeping them strong. We get busy with our daily routine, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, right? Um, there, there's times where I'm like, okay, I need to just sit down and just call everybody I know and just let them know that that I still think about them, still care about them, and right. like, dude, you're still my bro, or hey, man, I still want to write with you. I love everything you do. Everything just kind of can fall apart. Right. Um, but I never really thought about hanging anything up yet. Um, I don't think. I've We've had some battles. We've had some situations where most people would think it would happen. Yeah. But uh, I, I, have, I have to ask because it's, it, I'm just, I'm curious. And we can we can do what we want with it after we're done recording. But uh, as far as Danny leaving, like, well, was it just because of school? Yeah, school. Uh, I think I think his thing was school. Um, he, cause I know he, I mean, like, cause we're talking about like, you know, people playing a big part in like role wise. And I, I felt like he had a, I mean, he had a substantial part as far as like running, helping or helping run sound, helping you guys sound good. And then, and then being a part and then being a part of the bank. For me, like the biggest thing that I try to relate to pe- or re- relate to people is like running sound is like you can that's that there's a reason why people have that job on its own mm-hmm. and they're a musician outside of that job right you know they usually play an instrument right but it's two st- I mean essentially and when you have someone doing both you know playing an instrument and yeah Danny really took on that role he wanted that role yeah and I I already had my hats already that I'm already putting on you know yeah. I had like a stack, right, stack right. of hats mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. like dude if you want to do sound that's awesome Dollar guys yeah. yeah go for it learn it he he did really good he was really great at it yeah. school started i guess getting a little bit more busier and 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 he couldn't really be on the road as much and yeah. and you know he was a little sad to to leave the band he didn't want to well, i can imagine yeah and you know walking through life there's doors yeah. that are going to open yeah. that you cannot pass up on right. and he couldn't he couldn't pass up on that and we couldn't stop what we were doing right and so we just have to find that filler and you know i've always told him there's always be a there will always be a spot for you. Yeah. We'll find a spot. Yeah, I'll find a spot. Yeah, you know, for you. But it was a, it was a little. It's a different transition. It's still we're still in the transition, but um, the show must go on. And, yeah, and uh, that, yeah, that's definitely a big a macro that I try to also relay to people. And this goes in music. This goes in everything because I, because I learned it from these military guys that I I call them distant mentors. 
But, you know, even they talk about, they were in, uh, one of the guys, his name's Jocko Willink, and I've mentioned him several times on the podcast, but he's a retired Navy SEAL and so on. But on his podcast, every so often you'll hear him say, like, the machine keeps rolling. The machine doesn't stop. And when for me, when I realize that the machine doesn't stop, it's like, yeah. And and seeing you guys go through this transition, you know, and this is just from uh, from uh, up until today. We hadn't talked until today, to right now. Right, yeah. So, but but it's like the machine keeps going. The machine does not stop. If you want, especially, I mean, something like where you guys were, it's it's really uh, condensed. It's, it's, you guys are real, a real tight-knit bunch, right? Mm-hmm. So to lose one person, it's pretty, for me at least, it's pretty significant. But you have, used to have all your hats that you're like, okay, I've done this. We've already, and you've already done this for the past four years. Mm-hmm. It's like, and momentum's still moving. Yeah, the crazy thing is that you, um, the crazy thing is that you plan four months out booking shows. Right. And then all of a sudden, these shows just start piling in. Yes, confirmed. So we're losing one guy, but we've already given our word that we're going to show up for these next shows, these upcoming months. Yeah. And they're big shows. Yeah. So losing Danny and trying to find that replacement to fill that that gap, just mm-hmm. to to say we're going to play. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to cancel. I don't like canceling shows unless right. it's like very detrimental. Then right. Like, but yeah. but something significant. Right. But but. Never cancel shows, so I was a little worried about that. But mm-hmm. then, when you sit down and you're okay, just throw the emotions out right now, mm-hmm. just business. Then you start figuring out what your next plan of action is. Yeah. So I lost two bandmates in, while I was up in Steamboat. So Omar, a pedal guy, went oh, yeah, went, went right. back in the Moon Pies, yeah, and I wasn't gonna put up a fight with that. <laughs> right, like, right. I was surprised he didn't go the first time with uh, Zane Williams to play still. Oh, okay, but now he's playing bass with Mike and Moon Pies and. It's cool. all good. Yeah, it's, it's cool. business. It's right, right. Literally business. Yeah. And then on the way back home, uh, we were in, I uh, can't remember what part of Colorado we were at, and then Danny put in his resignation letter. And uh, I was like, all right, well, it is what it is, so yeah. let's just go. So, you know, um, we just kept rolling, figured out how to, what yeah. we were going to do, and found a guy, and he's doing good. And yeah. Haven't haven't really had any Yeah, we were, we were there on, uh, what day was it, Friday? You guys played smoking in Rio. Oh yeah, yeah. We were there, but we ended up leaving like earlyish, not not before Trace Lawrence ended. But um, we went the other way, and I was like, "Fuck, we didn't go see Matt." And I'm like, uh-huh. "Well, I'll, I'll see Matt on Tuesday." Like we had, yeah. already, we had an exam. Like I'll see him on Tuesday. But uh, it sounded, I mean, it sounded good. I mean, uh, it, I can only imagine the actual in the weeds transition that you guys are going through. But from just from an outside perspective, it's like, okay, cool. Like like you know, you guys you guys are at least able to roll on. Right, yeah, yeah. Knowing what things you need to fix, but they're, they're probably small detail things that are like, hey, you, I want to iron this out because I want to be this much better or whatever. Yeah, like it, it's get a different perspective, like people, outsiders coming into, you know, the band. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, yeah. There's structure, there's a system right. already running. Right, same, and it's the same thing for us with Eddie. You know, right. it's like we have a thing. People are like, oh, man, you guys sound so great. And my thing always under my breath is like, yeah, but if only you knew what, I, what I'm hearing and like what yeah. the things I didn't hear or things I did hear is too much or whatever, whatever, it don't right. matter. Any extra little stuff that that wheel is spinning, and and I feel bad for whoever comes in because they have a lot to learn fast. Yeah, like that the, wheel is spinning really fast, and yeah. it's like and so I don't disagree. And and we're not one. We're very patient. We'll work with the person, and hopefully he fits the team and fits the vision. That, right. You know, we've kind of yeah. That's another thing. Placed. Yeah, fit, fitting into the, the the mold that you've created. Yeah, and uh, so you know, I've heard you know, hey man, yeah, you guys. You guys are a professional band. Like the way you guys run it, you know, um, you guys are a professional band. And it's like, yes, you know, it, 
it's not. Yes, it is only on the weekends right now. Right. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But the way it's run, it's there's no. Yeah, but it's like, and this is one thing that I've said, and because I, I used to, I used to I, last year, I did a few episodes of like a vlog, like on YouTube, mm-hmm. and and it's like, and, that, and it was more to just show perspective because at, at that time last year, I was I was gym, I was training at a gym, and then playing, we were playing, you know, we were playing gigs and whatnot. Plus starting the plus getting the podcast going, mm-hmm. and it's like you know as far as even following i feel like following us for a day with it's us with eddie or you you know you guys man the herdsman you know it's like there's a lot of moving parts and that's one thing i've actually told eddie recently it's like man like you know how today i told you like man like time's going by so fast one of the things i'm telling eddie lately it's like dude we have so many moving parts like there's a lot of like little kinks that like we're very aware of it's like okay we need to make sure that stays in line you know because we're worrying let's just say we're just a macro let's say we're worried about learning new songs mm-hmm. right so like our our stage presence let's say it's good or we can like we can improve on it, but it's good. So let's focus on learning new songs. And it's like there's a lot of moving parts in that system because you know there's there's then you're thinking about priorities. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, well what what actually do we what actually do we need to accomplish? Like what what's coming up that we need to get fucking in right. mind? Right. Oh man, it's so that's, crazy. That's true. Uh, understanding those and and taking them on like to anything. There's pros and cons to mm-hmm. any right right. So like we after a show, Trace uh, Lawrence, you know, a guy came up to me and was like, "Oh, you know, it just looks so different without Danny being there." <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's right. what you're used to seeing for four years. Yep. Like you're used yeah. to it, especially like that. Yeah, especially four years being with one solid yeah. group. So yeah. he was like, you know, he wasn't dogging the guy, yeah, the new guy. But I'm just like, look, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, man. Yeah. There's from from behind the scenes to on stage, there's pros and cons. Yeah, uh, I can name. The pros and I can name the cons, yeah. but I don't want to. He's like, but I'll let you decide that. And he's like, no, no, the difference. And he he said himself, you know, like the pros were, you know, they it accompanied better, mm-hmm. but the con was that Danny didn't have great stage presence. He just kind of in his own little bubble. Mm. Okay, and yeah, that that affected right. the overall energy and the overall performance, the showcase, you know, right. and that's very crucial. To get in the crowd riled up, right, and right. Uh, especially because you're the opening band, you're like the, you're the MC for Tracy Lawrence, exactly, essentially, essentially, and that's the way it was for the last four years. So you know, and there's nothing that I could have said or done to change Danny's mindset. Right, he was already in his mind. Yeah, yeah, this he, is he, the way he, who he yeah, is. Yeah, he already, yeah, right, right. And the well, I mean, to give him credit, too, I'm glad he did a resignation letter. You know, yeah, he did. One he of did my biggest pet peeves from a business. I mean, I got my undergrad in business. It's like. Write a resignation letter. It doesn't matter if it's one sentence. Write a resignation letter yeah. with a date and confirming what date you're going to leave. And you definitely. Know, and a, and I hope that it's more of like you appreciate the time that you've been given and then the time that was given to you as well. Definitely. You know, yeah. Like, that so was. That, that's good to hear that Danny did that. That I'm, was I'm one. That was one conversation kudos. that we had via email. You know, through that, and I respect Danny so so much for, for that. And even saying, I won't stop playing with you guys until you find somebody strong enough to fill my spot. And that. You know, so I will that's always. That's how I always will respect Danny mm-hmm. for that and, and and the way he handled the situation. Right. You know, and then like I said, um, but going back to the pros, you know, having the new guy, he's very stage presence. Yeah, like, and yeah, it, I and noticed it, that it right away. Feels mm-hmm. it feels what was kind of sort of missing. So there's always good things and bad that. things to yep. anything. You know, uh, but but moving forward, you know, that's that's all we have. Mm-hmm. You know, and the valley doesn't have players yeah like that's that's part of the biggest thing at the, at the moment i feel like it's gonna it's gonna get there because like what i've been noticing even from 
watching TV commercials, like everybody's coming to Texas. TV's coming to Texas. Like as far as like commercial base and uh, companies and stuff, like they're coming to Texas. People right. are coming from LA and Nashville right now. Like I, it's very small, but I, mm-hmm. I'm just saying like in general, gen- Texas is a place. So at some point people are going to come. You know, I feel like people will come to the Valley. I, f- I feel very optimistic about like the future of like right. what, what can happen. I just wish we had a better music scene a pool <laughs> a bigger pool a bigger pool of players you know yeah, and I don't a lot of bands jump around and they do it for the money and that's that's fine yeah you just my biggest thing is just be up front mm. when you if you do do decide any in any job and it goes back to you know anything yeah anything right um just be honest you know and and i've always been i've always been like that and it's like well this is the way we do things if you if you like it you like it if not right. we'll, we'll roll right at some point i think i think we even you know? i think we even send like set lists like hey this is the music we play here's three set lists of like right. music and we we can add we can add to it and we usually do we usually if they have like a special request we'll do it like when we do weddings mm-hmm. we did one last year and they they requested two specific songs and versus letting the dj play it we played them live like we played right. these songs live and cool they liked it enjoyed it and we played it we ended up playing them again we love the songs too so it worked out right yeah but it's one of those things where it's like hey this is kind of what we do this is where we stand Listen to these guys if you want more influence as far as like our live stage presence mm-hmm. and like okay that this is what we got, Getting and having built, uh, I guess creating that boundary of realizing hey this is where Eddie wants to go and it's like yeah. we're we're playing because we're on board with this mission you know right. same thing for you guys you know you have this vision it's like hey we're gonna probably execute this as best we can yeah a lot of yeah that's pretty much what it comes down to and and the guys that's that's the other thing too you know the at any point in time the guys feel like they can't invest any more time, I you know I will respect it and right carry on you yeah know, but for right now i have some really good guys and don't so i'll go absolutely take a bullet for those those guys right and it, it really when danny left it just came down to the same three that started at my aunt's house just playing covers and kind of scared to even take the plunge right at, in the very beginning right and so seeing that was it's very humbling and and i was able to to take that and take some time off and think about that and then and I was like, okay, well, you know, do we want to continue, or or do do you want to do something different? Like right. you, you two tell me, y'all want to continue this, and I'll figure something out. Or if you guys want to hang it up too, I'm okay. I I can I respect that, and we will. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll right at some point. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit. Me personally, I'm not gonna quit. Right, that's not in my genes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we can we can we can relate that to genes. You know, but um. Well, I mean, at at this point, that now putting aside even like, oh, I'm driven, but it's like you also like what you're doing. You know, like oh, all yeah. the hats you wear, you wear them was like, okay, you wear them with conviction because like you're mm-hmm. going to execute. Right. Versus like, well, I'm not going to quit because I mean, one thing is that, that that's your underlying layers, the genes, right? But still, like, it's like you you like where you're at. You've seen the progress, especially looking back. It's like, man, we've done a lot. I, we want to do more. I want to do more. You mm-hmm. want to do more as a songwriter, as an, art, as an artist. It's like, yeah, you're not going to stop. Yeah, there's no stopping. You're barely scratching the surface. And then, yeah. like, you know, getting to go to Nashville is, is, I think, is more of a motivator. Creating new, making new albums, new music, um, new opportunities, new memories. Um, it's, it's good to, to get requests via website hey i want to work you know to hire a band how are you guys you know i want to hire y'all for an event i want to i want to book you guys like right now it's we're kind of transitioning into they're calling us now mm-hmm. and and it feels good i'm like wow what we're doing is really good you know that's not going none of any work that that my guys do never goes unnoticed yeah. ever because i'm so observant like i'm observe- i may not say anything but i'm 
looking, observing, like I know what you guys are doing. Right. It's not going unset. Yeah. Unseen. Unnoticed. Like I promise you. And 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 I talked to my guys like, I know what you guys are doing. I yeah. know. Like and it's good. I see. Sometimes yeah. sometimes it's hard when you're on the weekend because you have to kinda there's no time to, to play around, I guess. Um, because I have to become the tour manager, I have to become the road manager, then I have to become the front man. Now I have mm-hmm. to become. Now I have to work on music. Now then, after I get done, now I have to become again be a road manager to do all these things. So I'm sorry if I'm not like in my happiest, you know, yeah, outside, at that moment. At that moment, but just know <laughs> right. that these are these are the reasons why. Like, yeah, like, drinking hey. beers. I'm joking and stuff, but um, there's always that moment where you're like, shoot, we gotta get in loading. Like, yeah, we have to load in in time. We have to let that band set up first. And then we can do our deal. And, you know, my guys are asking me, well, what time are we going to go on? Well, what time is it? And I'm like, dude, honestly. What time's uh, dinner? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I want to eat already. I'm fucking hungry. hungry. <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry. I want to eat. I want to do this. I'm like, yes, I, I knew it. No, dude, that's not going un, un, unnoticed. Like, I know you guys are hungry. Yeah. Like, but I have to kind of do this right now. Like, mm-hmm. stand by. St- yeah, just stand, just stand by. by. Yeah. I promise you're going to get fed. Like, you're not going to not get fed. Right. Um, And so... I ha- we ha- I have to wear those hats until we have enough revenue coming in to even l- open up a spot for that. And who in the hell would want to take on that spot, you know, like right. take on the responsibility. Right. So my guys already have their roles and if they ever want to take it on, they can, but I'm not going to ask them to do yeah. it unless they want to or do it. Or even like, uh, he's not with uh, Cody Johnson anymore, but I think his name's uh, Jeff Smith or something like that. Either way, his, name, his first name is Jeff. But he was uh, Cody Johnson's guitarist for a while before he has Jake now, mm-hmm. and uh, he was his tour manager slash guitar lead guitar player, and that's what he did. And up until a certain point where I think he just went on to he went into the management management only, and they got Jake, which was fu- Jake's a fucking great ass guitarist, which is his current guitar. But it's one of those things where he he took on the role. However, it happened whether it was lead guitar first, then lead tour manager, or vice versa, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But taking on the extra role, it's like it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. you go you go into so. You know, you go into the booking, you put on the booking hat. After the booking's confirmed, you put on your road managing hat, logistics, hotels, yep. uh, getting everything planned out. And then you have to put on your band hat. Like, hey, I guess now we're going to have practice. <laughs> yeah. Take Let's that make off. Make sure we can play the music too. <laughs> yeah, take that off and then take off all your hats just to kind of be normal for a little bit for eight hours yeah, while you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Then wake up, put back on the road manager hat, making sure everybody's on time. Uh, nobody's forgetting anything. Yeah. Bethel's really good. I'm like, hey, don't forget your wallets and your boots because it's happened to us before. Yep, yep. Uh, and then after that, you're on the road, you're traveling, you're trying to hammer out. Oh, then you got to put on your social media hat because you have <laughs> right. to promote the shows. That's such a task. You have to promote the show while you're driving. And you have to do all these content things. that, that you have to, Then you have to take that off. And then you're at the venue. And then you have to put back on your tour managing hat. And manager hat. Like, hey, like, we're, yeah. hey, we're here. What's the logistics? How are we looking? How's the opening band? Or the headlining band when we're going to go on did any schedule change as far as the headliner he's going to push us back or he's going to condense our set down to 45 Mm -hmm. and so then i tell my guys hey we're going to do 45 now they all like like i don't i don't have control of that i don't i I don't have control of that and that's one thing that i try to tell the guys like just be ready i'm not saying that it's right i'm not saying that we should agree but just be ready yeah just be ready we have no merit to we have no merit to fight right now we, we don't need to put up a fight if mm-hmm. it we condenses. We're still getting paid the exact amount of money, regardless if it's hour yeah. or 45. Yeah. 
no ma- just, and you're still getting X, Y, Z. Just, no. just bear with me. Yeah. And I tell them, just bear with me. And like, the headliner can change a whole, our whole set. Oh yeah. The headliner wants us to do 30 minutes. We're gonna have to do 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Agree. Or we get to load in at this time, and the production team is not ready for us until four hours later. Mm-hmm. I I don't know these things. I've dealt with that once, and it was terrible. But we, yeah. we dealt with it in Los Fresnos. <laughs> like they told us to load in at one. Yeah, we didn't uh, sound check till like three thirty, I think, and then we didn't play till nine thirty. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was it was something it was similar for us. It was some gig, I, and I was even with Eddie. I was with Roy. This was I mean, this was like three four years ago already, but uh, it was something like that. I, I don't even remember where it was, and but it was the same idea. Like I get it. if we, if we were closer to home, go home and come back, but we're so far away. <laughs> like it's an hour going right. and hour coming, not not having to deal with traffic. So. Little situations, yeah. the, the growing pains that we have to adapt. But yeah, you're right. Always be ready. It's just be ready. And and the thing, my biggest thing is because sometimes I'll see like uh, I'll get I'll see emotions flare. It's like, hey man, I'm not I'm not. I mean, relax. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a it's the right thing. I'm right. not saying I'm not saying they're on the right. I'm not on their side. I'm on your side. But sometimes it's like, relax. You're gonna give yourself a fucking like stroke. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Oh, you know, this is. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. I, I didn't plan this. This yeah. is this is not on me, guys. This yeah. is it's coming from the upper guys. So yeah. situations and, like and sometimes, that. Sometimes, sometimes that has to come up to the band, and I, and I feel like maybe we should do this more as well. But generally, where it's like, you know, do we want this gig the next time? Sometimes it comes to that. Sometimes, but these are rare occasions that. Yeah, that and that's 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 the biggest thing is like sometimes we get angry because it happens occasions. this one time. It's like it's not like it happens all the time either. Right. Like sometimes we can act in general, you know, we in general can act like, oh my God, like this happened. It's like, when was the last time this really happened? Like we've played a right. hundred gigs before this one time right. was bad or whatever. My my biggest uh, stress deal is, is having a new venue mm. that you have to show up to and, and they may give you a wrong time to load in. It's a wrong time, like yeah. wrong text. But my biggest fear is being late to a load in. My biggest fear is not showing up on time. Yeah. And especially if it's our first, if it's I'm our first there. rodeo, we need to be ready to go all the way around. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. And that's why there's some downtime. It happens to everybody until there's a RV or a tour bus. You can hang out. But for right now, we just have to kind of roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of have to have a way of pro- uh, approaching the situation. Right. Like, Absolutely. Fall asleep. Go. go. <laughs> yeah. That's why. A, we, that's why I got a van. Yeah. Fifty passenger van. Go to sleep. Yeah. Hang out. Fall I'll tell you when we're ready. Mm-hmm. I and dude, I I now have no trouble sleeping. Yeah, I right. have no. I'm like they're like, hey, we have. Let's say we have an extra hour. Deuces, yeah. I'm out. I'm put, I'm right. These badass headphones on. <laughs> put some silencing music, you know, and I'm I'm out. Hey, if I'm something out. happens, it comes up. We'll we'll figure it out. Like that was when we went to Copeland. You mm. know, uh, we we were supposed to get there at one at this time, but loading wasn't until like maybe two hours later because there was a mix up okay. miscommunication. Okay. Not on my end, but yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is what they told me. Yeah, this is what they said. So I ain't gonna. Tell them no. Like yeah. we're gonna get there when we get there, um, but but rare occasions. Yeah, rare they're not. Occasions. That, they're not. Yeah, no, it's not as often. Not as like, at all. Oh my god. So, but you know, Blow the, the, out of proportion. I love that we're going through these growing pains because yeah. you. Because when you start talking to other band people in the scene, yeah, you yeah, trade yeah. these stories. Like you also went through it, so there's more of a relatable conversation. You can. Mm-hmm. can you're more it's humanized you right know, exactly just, it's not dehumanized yeah, it's, that, it's just that detachment of like a, a phone a phone screen's not there yeah you can't talk about bad stuff to a guy that works at a bank yeah it's different it's yeah, totally it's different. different yeah and that's the thing too like um the, i have to give my guys 
tons of credit because of the security factor. There's no security in what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, the risk. None. Very Not risk. even for me. And so we're all taking that that risk and that that uncertainty. And I, and it just depends on the person. Like yeah. if they're uh, all about security, then I guess the ban isn't for them. Or if it changes, like if it changes later on, they they want more security. Then, right. then I understand. Like, I remember this one when I went to Steamboat. I went with this group of songwriters, and uh, they were telling me about they were a little afraid that I wasn't going to be uh, road ready. Mm. You know, like if I didn't have miles underneath my feet, you know, because the last guy they had was all about the trip. By the time it get to Odessa and New Mexico, the guy really wanted to go home. <laughs> and he made the whole trip miserable. Oh, that's terrible. For all these guys. Yeah, but yeah, once yeah. you once you get to the location, you everybody's spread out. But it's from that trip all the way up to Steamboat. Yeah. He, they, he, they were fucking miserable. For me, I'm like, no, this is what I love. It's fucking great. This right. is great. Mm-hmm. And we're conversating, we're hanging out. We're, yeah. you know, and he's like, Man, Matt, you're yeah, you're actually really cool, dude. <laughs> I'm like, Well, you know, I get it. This is this is what we all signed up for. And so it's cool though. Um the, the a lot of lessons learned. And, right, and, and going back to the the, the growing up, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it plays a big role in how the system is run or how like why I'm doing the things a certain yes. way. Yeah. And Agreed. a lot of it has to do with like you know, being on your own for at a young age, um, and then growing up into middle school, having responsibilities, still people expectations, mm-hmm. on, you know, family holding you to holding the you to it, like keep make sure you're keeping your word. Yep. And then seeing my family run their own business and accomplishing that on my own, like I want to own my own business too, yep. you know. And so I come, I guess I come from that background, so I don't want to fail. I think that's why I don't want to quit because it's it's not just mine, but it's if I fail, so everybody else around me, like, right? Does that make sense? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is on this and that, so I have to uphold that standard, and and so do the guys, you know. And and then moving on from that, now that we're actually in it, grinding it out, why are you gonna let all that time, yeah, invest it, go to waste because over one, you know, hiccup or one, or one situation yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. and. And they and other people in any job has to understand that there's roles to be played, even if it's in a regular job. You know, the boss is the boss. Yeah, he's taking more of a risk than maybe in the employee. He also has to look down and be like, "There's, I get a pleasure at a, for putting food on the table for my guys." Yeah, yeah. I that's what I look forward to. Yep. You can buy this, 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 and the cool thing is that. I told my guys from the very beginning, there's going to be pay raises along the way. Yeah, yeah. But we're all going to get them together. <laughs> You're right. Like, yeah. like we're all going to get them together. Like, if we're making sixty bucks for the weekend and only, hopefully, God willing, that's going to turn into like two fifty, three hundred yeah. a weekend. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. are we going to do it together? Yeah. Are people going to come in and then jump off because they're not happy with you know? Right. But again, going back to the same, same three, us three. Yeah. We've all seen that. So looking back, I'm like, man, I can go back to the. When we first got started in 2013, mm-hmm. first check I've ever wrote, uh, written to the guys was like 60 bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah. Right. I'm like, dude, don't forget. Because <laughs> I, I don't, you know, but but I get it, you know. And that's Take just, a picture. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this is the first check we've ever, we ever wrote to. Like, you, on that, you like, on the, like on that Facebook, the memories, like two years ago, four years yeah. ago, there's like, hey, here you go. Here's, yeah. here's a memory. And that's the cool thing, like. <laughs> When you look back, you're like, wow, I guess it isn't so, so bad. Right. Or, man, I guess we are really growing. And 
opportunity like that comes up. So it, I, I guess the the reason why I run it the way I run it is because of the way I was brought up, and mm-hmm. and I can't that I can't blame uh you if the way you're thinking because you're we're an only child, right? Right. I can just only listen to you, and either I want to adapt to you, or or be like, hmm, I didn't think about that. I did not think about that. But what is that? What is the overall word we're looking at? Yeah, Communication. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's my biggest thing. Is communicate with me. You know, I, I want to be able to do that and and be open to do that. It's like they say, oh, uh, don't as a boss, you should never say your door is always open. Wait, wait. We're in a different job right now. This is different than from from a. a Fortune 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My door is always open because right. it affects you know, so I, much. I'm actually going to tell you a concept that it has, it has to do with open door policy. So, um, I think you were the one that posted. There's one. Well, cause right? I, so, the, so, the, so I, because a lot of people have open door policies, and that, that, that's actually good because you want to know, you want to let your employees know that they can count on you. The, the, the step up might be what they, what this, uh, and I'll, I'll post it. I'll, I'll try to find the link and post it in the show notes. But uh, uh, empty chair policy. Okay. So you, as the manager, leave your chair to go see your employees and see how they're doing, which I think you do. Yeah. But 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 because yeah. sometimes a lot of people, because sometimes a lot of managers use open door policies as an excuse as to why their company's not growing. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it like that. What's like? Why are they? Why aren't they going? When was the last time you talked to your employee? Mm-hmm. When's the last time? Even to send send them a text. Yeah. Send them an email. That's it's, it's a Fortune five hundred. So right. you're you're so massive email. Hey, how's everybody doing? Is everybody okay? Is there anything that we need? Anything that you need specifically? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is everybody on schedule? You know, is there is the schedule working for you? Right. You know, are are we having to adapt? How mm-hmm. much adaptation are we having to do? Right. The whole point is like the empty chair policy from the top down. Mm-hmm. And then from the bottom up, letting your employees know, hey, you can contact me anytime. Yeah. And that that's one. That, that's like the, and it's not even a balance. It's like, it's uh, it's opportunity to, to talk to your boss and feel comfortable. It's opportunity for the boss to talk to your employees and feel comfortable. And your employees to feel, feel comfortable right. all the way around. And I think, and I think in a, in a band standpoint, I think it, it should, I think it should be both. Um, right. When, when you put it, when you put it like that, you know, it's kind of like we, so we're adapting to the new change yeah. as to practice time. Cause okay. beforehand practice was always like on one certain day. Mm. So we were used to that for four years. Like, okay, we were yeah. in the routine. Uh, boom, boom. Right. Yeah. We're kind of there now, right now. Now bringing a new guy. Now the situation changes. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, well let us know when it's great for you and we'll see what we can do. We'll take it day by day. Yeah. And so adapting to that and not being like, no, we're going to do it on. Yeah. Say, you will be here. It. You know, it's more of like, Okay, what works best for you? So everybody's happy. Yeah, it's a happy medium, but we're not. Not all of us are maybe bending over backwards. Right. So yeah, so yeah. much. We're right. we're trying to have that happy medium. You know, meet me in the middle. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. So like, okay, one one text I got recently, and this was like very recent, but it's like, I prefer not to practice on this day. It's like, well, why do you prefer not to? Give me give me a damn give me a damn good excuse. Me yeah. as, as a guitar player, not even the frontman or boss. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because if it's not if it's a lame ass reason, I'm I mean, there, it's it's for me, it's unacceptable. Like there's a you know, right. and because I think there's playing that happy medium. Okay, schedules conflicting. I get that, but when you prefer mm-hmm. versus like, okay, your schedule is actually open and we can actually all meet this day. Yeah, you know, um, like <laughs> I prefer. I mean, it's just something I've dealt with recently that I'm like, really, what do you mean prefer? Like, well, I get we all have a preparation, but when you're going through a transition, especially like you guys, Matt, um, I think there you got to find that new balance. Yeah, it's like okay, hey, we're actually all available on the schedule, you know, a new schedule right. versus like you know, 
maybe we have prefers, but it's like, okay, what's your reasoning to not have practice? Like, if we, if we need to have practice on, let's say, Thursday. Let's just say Thursday. Yeah, yeah, Thursday. Oh, I prefer not to have a Thursday. Well, why? Oh, because I like to watch the show. It's like, really? Like, right. do you want do you want a job or do you want to watch your show? Right, right, you right. Know, it's like a, but I'm just the, saying that's an example that I went through recently. Right, right. <laughs> no, and the other thing is like, well, I prefer to to practice on let's say Mondays right. because I host or I work on Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, right. oh, okay, fine, right. And that's fine. Per- that, yeah. That's fine. When it, that's what I'm saying. Work schedules, let's, I get the conflicts, but yeah, and it's kind of like, well, let's not. Um, I guess. My biggest thing is like don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm. Because because if you're if you're giving if you're saying to somebody I'm fully committed to this, then that means that in return when we do have shows and we do have practices, there's not missing beats, there's not missing notes because you're right. in the pocket, you're you're steady, you're you're proving that yeah, you yeah. are fully you're committed. You're fitting your you're, space that you said you would. Yes, you're you're proving yourself. Right. You know, you're not just saying it. Oh, I'm fully committed, and then and then come show time or practice time, you come unprepared. Right. You know, these are things that we cannot be wasting time on. Um, because our practices, it, there are you already come prepared. Practice is not practice. It, you're prepared so right. we can clean it up, polish it even better so we're ahead of the game. But it's like, because I try not to bite off more than I can chew. If I try to because I've learned it coming in. Like, you don't overstress yourself. You don't have to. Just time manage it, yep. you know, better. And be open. Like, hey, I didn't get around to this because I had to go sub. So that went my whole day. Mm-hmm. But I get home and I'm a Try to knock it out. But, or yeah. get, get it done as best as you can. This, somebody was telling me too, like, um, oh, yeah, uh, um, Gary V. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I I kind of lean not heavily on him, but there's certain parts that I like about him. Yeah. And he, he was like, "All right, so like some guy had asked him like, well, how do you when do you know when to transition from your your security job to your your job? Yeah, full on opportunity entrepreneurial. Yeah, and thing. he's like, work eight to eight to five for your security job. Yeah, and then six p.m. to three a.m. is yours. Yeah, it's your it's your business. Yeah, so. Working for the man, eight to five, six to six to three in the o'clock in the morning is yours. Right. And I thought that was a really good concept. Like I thought it was really nice because I was like, well, that does make sense because if I work um seven forty five to four o'clock right. subbing, yeah, subbing, then mm-hmm. from five o'clock even till midnight, that's seven even, hours. Even till midnight, <laughs> sending out emails, touching base, yeah. writing, reading. So I've kind of started doing that. Like since I have my schedule kind of mm-hmm. worked out with the school district, I'm like, boom. Eight uh seven forty five four, I'll give you be the best sub yeah, teacher yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Sliding in a couple of Where like direct messages, some social media content on my conference or lunch. But right. after that, like mm-hmm. I have to. Yeah, you're in. And the then game. like from six to twelve, whatever, I'm sending out massive emails, booking and mm-hmm. pictures and whatever, right. and uh, and hoping that I do get a response. And sometimes there's been some luck, and sometimes there's no luck. Right, right. Like, that's the, those are the growing pains. Like we've been so busy, but at the same time, there's like one date that hasn't been filled, and you're like, and my guys are depending on to play, and I'm like, no, I want to fill it. I, I trust me, I want to keep us busy, but I can't control the outside. Right. This is the reason why we're not playing, because here's all my emails. Yeah, here's here's where I've sent out. Dates. Here's where I've sent out, and, and yeah, they're not responding. No, yeah, I, no, open day. I, I can't. I can't do it. But at the end of the day, it's like. Um, I I feel like the system that we that we've kind of been running has been great, and the it's guys good. are like, you know, they see it. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, 
one thing is like trust the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust Just the process, trust but it. also like you've all you on your end have also like, hey, this is the work. This is what we've done. They know. They also know you well enough. Where it's like, hey, this is so. Matt. You know, like, you know, yeah. like, you've ho- you. I'll I'll say hopefully in a very you know detached standpoint is like hopefully they seen it and hopefully you because you said like where you seen you see what they do and it doesn't go unnoticed sometimes you're in the you're in the grind so you're like you don't say hey man great job on this thing great job on this you know you don't give them a list of praise but you see it it's like you know working that working even that balance of Mm -hmm. like hey you know this is what's going on i've been more um try to be more vocal as far as like after the show like the energy was good or bad or whatever and uh i always argue uh wait until like 24 hours yeah that's my argument. I like. I learned we, it from my. I learned it from a professor. Uh, well, when we played the Los Fresnos, man, the energy was great, and I and I told the guys, dude, great energy out right. there. Like right after we were done mm-hmm. unloading our stuff off the stage, I'm like, dude, great energy. Right. Like really. And I think I think I think energy. what happens I think because I think like on your good days and your great days like that, where it's like, oh man, we did fucking awesome. Everybody feels great, good. But if you feel something off, wait 24 hours. Because at the moment, for one, your adrenaline's still going, whether it's negative or positive adrenaline. Yeah. So, like, you have all these emotions, like, fuck, like, I, maybe I messed up. Oh, fuck, I messed up. Like, I did this right. and that. It's like, fuck. It's like, if you wait 24 hours, you realize, okay, this is, okay, I, hey, guys, I messed up. I'm sorry I messed up. I want I, I want to fix it next time. But I just feel like emotions are really high at the end of a show, whether it's positive or negative. They are. And, when, and you, you even mentioned earlier where you had to put your emotions aside to get the business done. Yeah. It's kind of, it's 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 along the same ranks. Of yeah. I think that's my Definitely. thing because my professor, this, and it, he did it totally different, but I still use the concept. He, Whenever he would give us uh, test scores back, we couldn't email him within 24 hours. Oh. We get we get the test scores. We see them because what? Let's just say you thought you got a hundred and you got like a seventy. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, hey, what the fuck is this? Like yeah. I, that, you know, that's motion. Like uh-huh. chill out. Right. Wait twenty four hours for sure. Oh shit! I, I I fucked up here. I I I second guess myself here. Or oh, that's what I was gonna put the first time. You know. Or I got yeah. the math wrong. Whatever. Yeah. So it. that that's and I said it's just a concept that I that I do use for myself where it's like and even now through text messages like sometimes I won't reply for a day if I see what it is depending on the content of what it, what it, what mm-hmm. it's asking for, of me. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow. Yeah, and I get text back where it's like, "Hey man, like you left me hanging. Like I uh, with purpose. Like it's on purpose. I'm not ignoring you. Right. Just give me 24 hours yeah. and I'll get back to you." Some and for me, I I've I've, I've talked about this, I've talked about this before um, on the podcast, but um, sometimes it's eight hours. Sometimes sometimes I need eight hours. I see what it is. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Just hold on. Give me eight hours. Give me 12 hours. Give me 24 hours, depending on the content. One thing I've kind but, of noticed. Um, Myself and like the guys is like you know I can, the guys are asking about X Y and Z time loading you know and I'm like oh yeah that's great yeah that's right let me go and respond to the next guy that's supposed to give us and the guy takes forever yeah like the guy takes forever to respond back and then my guys are like sending three four question marks (laughs) and I'm like no it's not that I'm ignoring you guys or anything I just haven't heard anything back like so so because one thing we've had to deal with it too with Eddie like not for with Eddie but because it's the same situation with him right dealing with somebody else right I'm like this is the way I this is my approach now it's like if they're not worried about it we're good right we get there when we agreed. Like you, where you say you're, we're, we're, we're still gonna get, th- we're still gonna get there on time. We're gonna be ready. Mm-hmm. We're already ready. Right. And because it happened recently, I forgot. It was a venue, I think in San Antonio, and the sound guy hadn't gotten there yet. We were yeah. supposed to go on eight thirty. It was seven forty-five. Yeah. And it was acoustic, so it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a full band, so it was. Right. It was gonna be great. The thing is that the sound engineer knows Eddie. He's he's done sound for us before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if he's not worried, 
We, if the he's not worried, the venues hired him. This is a badass venue. Mm-hmm. We're good. We're okay. I'm gonna yeah. take a nap. Right. I have 15 minutes. I'm gonna lay down and just I'll, I'll put on my boots and I'm good. Yeah. Be ready to roll. It's one of those things where and and some because because sometimes when when he gets there, you, be ready to roll. Be on your ass. Go. Yeah. Go. 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 Be, go. Be, be ready. Sometimes it, you got to be ready like fast. You know? And there's sometimes where like, hey man, do I, uh, can you guys get started earlier? Right, right. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. I think honestly, yeah. Let me see where my guys are at. Um, and a and lot of times we agree on it. We're like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." <laughs> so like, I can't get a hold of my guy. I know he knows to be here at this time. Yeah. Um, go from there. Like, yeah, f- yeah. For instance, uh, definitely got the weird vibes at a uh, Saturday when we played some better fest. Like mm. they kept pushing our time back. Like hmm. we couldn't load in at this time. They wanted us here at this time, but we couldn't load in until, you know, this big band was out. But mm. after that, they had two contests, so we really couldn't put anything. Our drummer put all the stuff up there because yeah. you know that's usually takes the longest, right? So like you know, times getting there, and then the guys like, "Hey man, uh, I know you guys are supposed to go on like at seven forty-five, but we may have to just push it to eight, but you'll still end at nine thirty. Okay. That's all. And then the guys like, "Oh, and by the way, like, can you make your set high energy? Sure. Let me just thank you for telling me ahead of time. I can go and let." My guy. Yeah, see what's uh, up. See, hey, hey, Bets, uh, just let you know the guy wants something high energy. I'm just letting you know what he wants. Yeah, yeah. I ain't I'm telling, gonna, you, I'm I'm ain't telling you, you to change it. Yeah. I'm just telling you what he's looking for. And, he, you know, his response was good. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We can do that. Okay, cool. And usually that's my response. He's like, cool. Cool, it. yeah. What, what's, what, what is the issue here? What's the real problem? Nothing. Right. <laughs> you just want people to be lively, which I get. So it's cool. And then as time starts trickling away, I'm not worried because – that guy is telling me when to get on. Mm. My guys are like looking at their clocks and like yeah, doing these hand pacing, gestures, like pacing, like pacing, tapping the 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 <laughs> watch and being like, "Whoa, what's up with the time?" I'm like, "Dude, it's it's when he's ready." Yeah, you just be ready. Like, yeah. be behind the curtain backstage, yeah. ready to go when he says go. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have a good sound check. We're gonna be fine. Yeah, and and having these, you know, giving the thumbs up, ready to go. That's it's okay. Like they don't need to overreact over something small, you know. Right. Like I've learned that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I've 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 made myself adapt to that because like, if they're not worried, we're we're not worried. Why why should we be worried about the, something that not out of our control? The owner's gonna get mad at me because I'm running late. No, we, we they know what time we got here. Yeah. Because they got the call. Hey, we're here. We're setting up. Okay. Yeah. The sound guy should be there. Sound guy ends up getting a DWI the night before. Jesus. Shows up freaking late. The guy's probably turned to me like, what's going on? I don't know. This is not my area. This is not yeah. this is not my role. I don't I this this is between the owner and the sound guy. Yep. And we're just waiting. Yeah, we're we're, we the, didn't we're know. the entertainment people. We're the entertainment. We're the service. We're not <laughs> We didn't know this guy had a DWI before yeah, we yeah. left. Because if we did, we would have maybe left an hour later. Yeah. Yeah. You just had more time. Yeah. You you know, and like situations like that, and <laughs> it's, it's we it's deal a, with it. It's, and that's, that's the thing. At the end of the day, I laugh a lot now. I laugh a lot now than I used to, because I used to be real like just uptight and real str- real square with like what, what I what I expected and what I wanted to happen. It's yeah. like now it's like I laugh it off, and people are like, "Why are you laughing?" I'm like, "Because, dude, there's not there's nothing the fuck I can do. There's yeah. nothing the fuck I can do. Right. That's it." Yeah, I've kind of lightened up a little bit since the year one um, to now. I'm yeah. just like you know. We already know what time we need to be here, mm-hmm. and even if even if uh, we don't have to be at that time, let's just get there early to be on the safe side. Yeah, van problems. We ran into van problems before. Right. Let's just counter that. 
prep for that. You know, you just never know. Or we just go sit down and have a good meal. Like right. every time we go to play, like in Braunfels, we leave early so we can go eat at the Riverwalk. That mm. like so we can just have some yeah, downtime. Some, and yeah. then it's only like forty five minutes to New Braunfels, whatever. But um, those situations, you know, and and I'm happy that um, we're getting to that point where the guys are getting fed for free finally. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like awesome. You know, and a tab. You know, that they want to drink or hey, save a pocket, save some money. Um, so that's been kind of cool to see. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it, it's been growing pains, but cool. It's good to it's good. to grow with somebody or a group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's cool to see the transition um, of growing. And then you know, like I told my guys, you know, hey man, we're gonna work on something brand new, new project coming up. It may involve you, may not involve you, it may just it's just a project. Yeah, you know, good. A project is gonna be coming out of my my pocket or. Mm-hmm. Well, even or, then, or begging, even at this point, for at, money. at this point, yeah, at th- even 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 the f- even putting the financial part aside, even just like okay, I have this idea, I'd like to execute, it, at least try it out. For sure, I don't you know, even like, know what's going to happen. Look at Sturgill, man. Sturgill, yeah. he's he's in command, and and it's all good. You know, yeah. like he's in Sturgill Simpson is in command of his ship, and everybody's on board because he he's good. Yeah. at what he does, it's like, and that's one thing maybe of our generation, like as far as like not even taking risks. I'm I'm talking more of like. Letting things just kind of flow sometimes. I'm not saying for everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying don't have some structure. I'm just saying, like, my favorite example is Sturgill Simpson. Like, uh, that the, when he did uh, uh, his cover of The Promise. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's like it was done, like, fucking forever ago. And it's like, that's why he can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's good. Like, he knows what he has in his head. He knows he's what he's a, looking for. He's a risk taker. And he wants to try it. Yeah. At least. Yeah. This, at least try. This new project I have in my head, I thought about it and, I'm like, okay, I'm going to execute it. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm yeah. gonna do it. No rush, get it done, and then mm-hmm. figure out play it from there. So until the guys, guys are like, "Oh, okay, good, okay, okay," just looking forward to that. Hey, man, just hey, you're up, you're a starter. <laughs> yeah, you're let's up. go. You're not on deck. You're, no, you're, you're on. You're first. You're, you're one. Yeah, hey, you're, you're next. You're on deck. You'd be ready to go, but let's let's rock and roll. Those are the main things. But um, yeah, man, this has been a good podcast. Yeah, good. going back to my childhood, it, yeah, I guess um, it has played an, a very, very, very impact role um and the way of doing things mm-hmm. today right um and i've always known that just never really talked about it right out loud and that's where i want that's where i want to start so yeah we, we can start we can start closing up here we're, we're at the two-hour mark so cool. we're, we're gonna start wrapping it up no, here. but cool. uh but no yeah and that that's part of the biggest thing that i've seen and and it's like you know i i've even i've gone through to a point in this con in the conversations that i've had in the past year and a month or so maybe i'll go on two months but uh either way it's like yeah like there's some things that have happened or, or, or happened that you, cause for me, what, what's happened for me is that I have very distinct memories when I was young and I've always wondered why. And now that I'm kind of like figuring out like, Oh shit, this ties into here, this ties into here. So it's like, Hey, let me, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what, you know, especially people that I know, like, you know, you, and then I, I've, I've had Eddie on here multiple times. My friend, Brian, my friend, Frank Gomez, who's a med student, mm-hmm. you know, he's in medical school right now. So like just seeing, you know, hey, let's start from the beginning and let's see what's what's come up from that. You know, what's come about that. And, yeah. And go from there. That's but, one uh, of the big ones, man. Where can people find you? Or find oh find you, find the band, find the band schedule, where you guys are at. Well, they can find us on uh the interweb, mattandtheherdsman.com. We uh, also go on Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Amazon, I see Facebook, um, stream us. Like us on Spotify. Add us to your playlist. Um, help us grow. Yeah. So, those what's your what's your current single? 
we don't have one right now. Our last current, our uh, last or single. What, 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 okay, what's your what? What do you guys have? Well, the, uh, our last single was "Miss My Chance." Okay. Um, then we're working on. But you guys are pushing the record, though. Oh yeah, the new record still saying is out and it's doing good. Um, working that out, it's been kind of pushing. We I've been noticing that they're adding certain songs on different playlists. Good. Um, that I could that I didn't know that I could find. So that's cool on that. So thank you all for doing that. And then, um, yeah, our website has all of our um, schedules for shows, and we're going to be in. What are you most active on social media wise? So people can, if they want to talk to you, like, oh yeah, you can contact me here, and I'm gonna, I'm re- I'll reply. You know, it's it's both uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay, they're real easy to to yeah. handle and uh, really easy to get back and and to respond to. Um, so yeah, both Instagram and Twitter. I'm still trying to work on. It's a it's yeah. a it's a different animal. Yeah, it is. It um, is. but yeah, they can find me on Facebook and um. And Instagram, and we can chat. Very cool. Go from there. Cool, man. Matt, well, thank thanks. you. Thank you for being. Thank you for opening your door for for the next, for these past two hours and we getting a good conversation in. And we should do this again. We will. We will. I already have Excited. points for next time. So, oh, cool, so, man. so we'll, we'll we'll plan that out. Uh, right now is just so people can get to know you. You know, a lot of people see people that I know. Even they see man the herdsman. You know, they see the group. They see, and that's one thing that I'm like trying to. Uh, help separate for people is like even for me where i play with eddie but it's like there's this other stuff that also you know like the band thing is like it's a very big piece it's a very piece of what i do and especially because it's more of music as a whole right but it's like well there's a podcast and there's i i do i do i like to exercise i like to run i like to do i like to take photo i like to do photography as a hobby you know the different things so yeah um it's one of those things where like Hopefully, with this podcast, even for you know, for for listeners now that have ever heard about you, or maybe they only see you on social media, it's like, well, now they get a good insight on. Yeah, they know hey, that my is life Matt. is weird, <laughs> or was weird. That have different moving parts that yeah. are messed up sometimes. But hey, I have a crazy life. If it was all, um, uh, you know, in the perfect world, I wouldn't be perfect. Right. But but uh, thanks for taking. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to my crazy life story. Amen. Moving. Hey, moving through life was Mo- fun. Moving with life. Sorry. Mo- uh, moving with, with life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Moving with <laughs> life has been fun, and uh, I hope to continue doing it with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So. All right, peeps. We are out. Movingwithlife.co is the website. At Andy underscore eighteen forty four is my Twitter. You can find me there. Contact. I'm, I'm very active on Twitter right now, just because I can filter everything I want. I don't want. And I everything I do want. But anyways, movingwithlife.co, me and Matt are out. We'll catch you guys next week.